This is Alt Haven's exclusive live stream of Predation. If you're eager to witness the live action firsthand, join us on Twitch every Monday night at 6 p.m. PST on twitch.tv slash Althaven. If you're savoring what you hear and want more captivating content, explore Althaven's other remarkable podcasts, like $2 Creature Feature and Pest Control. Our extensive backlog spans from the mystical realms of ghosts, werewolves, and vampires to the cosmic adventures of Star Trek and the heroic tales of superheroes. Your support is invaluable to Alt Haven, and we appreciate every moment you spend with us. Thank you for being part of our Haven. Welcome back to the Cretaceous period, everybody. We are here with the Streampunks for our next chapter in Legacy of Silver Creek. It's good to see everyone tonight. Uh, Going to kick things off with some announcements real quick. Um, first of all, just wanted to give everyone a heads up that typically the Streampunks have a Tuesday night game, uh, the last game of every uh, Tuesday night. On uh, last Tuesday of the month, we have a game on Tuesday nights. I found it. Ah. And um, we're going to be updating you guys coming soon about what that's going to be like this month because it's Halloween on that Tuesday. So uh, we'll keep you all posted about what we've got planned for that. Um, uh, stay tuned. We're going to announce it first on Discord and our coffee and Patreon accounts. And then after that, uh, we'll shout about it here. Um, my only uh, personal announcement that I have is that I was very lucky to uh, be able to go down to the Cherry Tree uh, Mad Scientist Studio, where they build all the computers. Um, Cherry Tree is, of course, I'm an affiliate, uh, and I got to go down there and see them build my current PC, uh, which uh, they basically, quick, the short story of version is, I had a Borg Cube PC. Uh, they initiated a prototype of a new one that looked like the warp core of a Starship. So I decided to ask them, hey, not to be the mouse that asks for a glass of milk after you give them a cookie but um do you think it'd be possible to rehouse my pc and that even more badass thing you've got set up and uh they done did it for me and i went down there and filmed the entire thing so that's going to be launching on my personal youtube channel tomorrow around 3 p.m pacific time so if you didn't get a chance to see it during my stream this morning look for it there uh, and don't forget 16-bit eric 6 gets you six percent off on everything on cherry tree okay that's my big pitch I'm getting better at promoting myself after five and a half years. All right. So if anybody else has anything they'd like to announce tonight. No. Okay, great. Let's go ahead and start. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Um, who would anybody else have anything they, they got going on stuff? Yes. Caitlin. Uh, okay. I'm a speed run. Cause it's too many, too many things tomorrow morning at like between 11, 1130 ish AM central time. Drac and I are going to be streaming on my channel and I'm going to be carving pumpkins. And it's going to be very fun. And you should come do that. Uh, come watch that with us. It's just, it's gonna be very silly, probably in like an hour, hour and a half, but that'll be right away in the morning. And then at 2 p.m. Central, okay, we, noon Pacific time, uh, our uh, charity stream for Maui, The Pact, uh, that we did, uh, Sam and me and Rick and B and Omar, uh, last weekend uh, is going to do a little YouTube premiere on our uh, Playhouse 5 YouTube channel. So you can check that out. Um, if I'm not driving, I will try to hop in chat and hang out, but uh, otherwise it'll be there. I know folks had asked when that was going to be available because I don't know how my Twitch channel works. I know it's highlighted, but it's probably better for people on YouTube. So it'll be there in a sec. And then on Friday, episode 21 of Thin Places Radio will be coming out. Um, it's a good one. We have some new stuff, which is going to be very cool. And I can't wait for you guys to listen. Uh, and that's my announcements. Sweet. All right. Anybody else got anything they want to announce? Anything else going on? Yes, Aliza. 
I'll do my usual plug of Storyloom. My stories are Welcome to the Blood Bar and Nye the Hunter. You can read them on the app or on a web browser. It's interactive fiction. It's like a moving graphic novel that you get to make choices in. So check that out next week. By next week, I will have my chapters posted, but I uh, just got back in town and I'm moving. So forgive me. I guess. <laughs> uh, sorry, editor at Storyloom. I love you. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> and then I uh, also want to give a shout out to Verse. We just announced our eight creators, our first eight creators that we're going to be building games with. We have more in the pipeline, and I'm super excited to work with everyone. And uh, you can sign up at verse.game to get on our email list. And you could be someone that gets early access to the games as we're developing them. Uh, so you could like be cool, you know, uh, see see what's happening behind the scenes. Uh, so yeah, those are my, my updates. Sweet. Thank you, Lisa. Anybody else have anything they would like to update before we jump into tonight's blood? I mean, uh, sorry, <laughs> science fiction, violence. Pardon? No, sorry. Game tonight. Um, anybody a game? I, anybody? No, I, nothing. Oh yes, Sam. Yes, go ahead. Um, I do science. It only sometimes has blood. Mostly <laughs> doesn't have blood, and I'm pretty sure we won't have blood in it tomorrow. Though, I suppose that depends on the events of tonight's game, Eric Campbell. Mm. <laughs> yes. Um, though, for what it's worth, I totally didn't mean to split the party, but I'm still... <laughs> All right. With that, as we start off, a quick happy birthday to one Jason Carl. Okay, now we're done. Let's go ahead and jump into tonight's chapter of Legacy of Silver Creek. Welcome back, everyone. Let's go ahead and jump back to where we left off. A very, <laughs> the joke is running kind of thin now, but if you'll permit me one more time, <clears throat> a very calming place that we left off when we were last playing uh, Legacy of Silver Creek. Um, the party had very intelligently and very wisely decided to split at a very critical moment of danger and, and being hunted by both a deadly faction and possible night predators after a hurricane. Um, in so doing, uh, we have half of the party headed to a forbidden sati site on the edges of a dark primal jungle and two others headed towards a swamp which is known hunting territory for one of the largest ancestors of crocodiles that have ever existed on the face of the earth so thankfully it's a chill game tonight um you guys will be picking it up where we left off i'm gonna go ahead and remind everyone that when we last left this group you guys Party B was headed towards the Red Jaw Wilds. You were headed directly towards Sati Site 000E. Your hopes were to get there by early evening, knowing full well that it was going to be about a day's travel, but you guys were going to try to double time it a little bit. Things got a little tricky at the end there, though, because feeling literally the pull of destiny, Dahlia bolted. Without so much of a warning, Dahlia felt that pull and just bolted on the back of Bruno, staring straight towards Sati Site 000E. This, of course, spawned Zach to say all kinds of obscenities and urge everyone to move as quickly as possible. I called in a GM intrusion, failed perception checks were made, and uh, 
unbeknownst to the party, but known to, to the audience and above table, you were all currently being hunted by a large sauropod. So, I'm oh, sorry, theropod. So, um, there is a, a large bipedal dinosaur that has currently caught the scent of a quickly moving caravan of panicked explorers. And as of the moment, none of you all are aware of them. Of course, we have Zach back in our midst, so your odds of survival have jumped dramatically. Uh, because Zach coupled with Clover, you've got two survivalists out here who know when you are being hunted. And I do have a very important note from my notes, which is Clover rolled a nat 20 and has advantage in the next game. So that's right. Just, that's right. I don't want that to get... Don't let that, that get buried. Written. I wrote it down in <laughs> yes. big letters and circled it. So. It's going <laughs> to be you. a very different scenario than what happened to that poor bastard in Jurassic Park who was hunting the raptor. Um, in this case, y'all are going to be very aware of what's going on. And you're going to be able to make up for some lost ground getting that GM intrusion pulled on you. But while this was happening, and while y'all are amidst the potential disaster on the other side of Silver Creek. I'm already a disaster. Close to grass trees near the swamp where you guys were getting ready to cross the river. Tara and Ozzy have made friends of their very own as apparently successfully have lured the butterflies away from those who were rushing towards the Red Jaw Wilds. Two hunters on the backs of raptors attacked the group. The group, when I say the group, I mean the pair of you. Two on two. However, Tara had something up her sleeve and activated essentially a sonic weapon. I forget what those name, the names of them are. They're used for crowd control devising, but they're basically sonic weapons that are used to disperse crowds. They are terrible, terrible weapons. Um, in this case, Tara had one on her wrist and activated one and promptly frightened the raptors away, leaving the two butterflies to fend and attack you guys all by them lonesomes. A curious tactic being used here as Ozzy basically managed to start distracting one of them and kind of having a conversation with one in mid-fight using those lovely speaker abilities, basically just kind of stopping this butterfly dead in his tracks um, even eliciting a bit of a smile from him and kind of like not entirely sure if it's that murderous type of smile, like he's amused by what's happening or if he's actually kind of also a little disarmed by this. Um, however, the woman that is traveling in this pair, who Zach would recognize, is a little more on the murder spree side of the force and is attempting to engage Tara in the ancient art of I kill you or you kill me. And that is where we are going to pick up right now with these two women showing down. One of them has a blade drawn and Tara has um, a bow and an arrow out. She's like knocked it and pulled it all the way back. Both of them are covered in mud and staring at each other as they're kind of pacing around. A few feet away is uh, Ozzy, who is kind of leaning up against this tree and having this quick conversation with this guy who, Ozzy, without having to make a roll, as he's listening to you talk, he's not really paying much attention to what's happening behind him. Instead, he's just kind of completely focused on you, right where you want him. And a bit of a smile, like kind of completely absorbed in what it is you're saying. Now, if I remember correctly, the ability you are using for your particular character class is essentially lets you kind of just filibuster his actions in combat. So long as you keep talking. E and I can't do anything else. Can't do anything else. 
Um, it ends if the creature is attacked. Um, but other than that, they can't do anything but defend themselves, and I can't do anything but speak. It's right. a one-person lockdown. Okay. So there's a lot happening here. We're going to go ahead, and th the brilliant thing about Cypher System is when it comes to NPC versus NPC combat, it gets real easy. It's level versus level. And right now, it's Terra versus this butterfly. Unfortunately, because you cannot take your eyes off of this guy and you have to keep talking to him, you have no idea what is happening behind you, Ozzy. All you are hearing are the sounds of combat. Grunts, splatting sounds from the mud. It sounds like bodies are hitting the floor, as it were. You can hear like what definitely sounds like a life and death battle happening behind you. And it's really difficult to differentiate between the shouts, the grunts, the, the terrifying slashing sounds that a well-placed blade makes when it cuts cleanly through the air. You're those kinds of noises you're hearing behind you. Um, you hear the twang of a bowstring and the thunk of an arrow against heavy wood. You have no idea what's happening behind you. In your action of combat, you see he continues to lean up against the tree. And he just continues to listen to you as you just keep the stream of consciousness going. Kind of mesmerized as he listens to you. Um, you feel the slight icy stab of anxiety in your spine as combat gets quiet. And you hear <laughs> behind you at one point. Heavy breathing. And there is a tense moment where you have no idea whose footsteps you're hearing approaching you from behind. But after a beat, your heart sinks when a knife goes against your throat. And you feel a hand reach up behind your jaw and kind of hold your head up. Now, they don't get an automatic free action to lock you into place. But whoever's behind you is grabbing you by the back of your neck and trying to put a knife to your neck. You can react here. It's going to be an initiative roll, and I'm going to increase the difficulty of, the, of them to scale it up by one. So if you want to go ahead and make it as it kind of reinstitutes combat. Vern is specialized in initiative, FYI. Oh, that's right. So, I, yeah, so I believe that's going to give initiative. That's going to basically, uh, that mean, okay, so that means it's going to, if it's specialty, that means your difficulty drops by two <laughs> against her difficulty. Okay, so... Go ahead and make your roll. Um, the target number of this is four, but it's going to drop down to two by default. So go ahead and make your roll and tell me what you get. That was an eight on the die. Okay. Thank you, Vern. The fear that triggers, it, it just takes you a second before you start, you allow yourself one moment to realize the footsteps are too heavy to be Tara's. And the next moment, you react at the same moment someone grabs at you and you whirl around. Sure enough, it's not Tara. Tara is laying in the mud about 10 feet away on her back. She's curled up on herself and holding something. Your heart sinks the moment you see her because she's clutching her chest and she's laying in the mud. Um, the butterfly, who is still masked and covered in mud, has blood all over her. Um, but as you move away... Uh, you break contact with the guy who you are currently speaking to. You kind of slide away. Um, she holds up the dagger and faces you. And you can see the mask she's wearing looks like it's broken. 
Tara looks like she's shattered it, kind of cracked it down the middle. So you can see a little bit of this woman's smile. You see piercings all along this tongue. That, her lips look like they've been busted, like Tara got a good in strike. But she raises the dagger up like in a stabbing position. And this wicked grin passes underneath the shadow of the mask as she begins to start pacing around you. Before combat can begin in earnest, though, a dagger slams into her chest from the front, flying right past you and slamming into her esophagus. <laughs> you see her grab her throat for a minute and stare at the butterfly that's behind you, whose arm is still extended. And she looks at him for a second. His brow furrow, her brow furrows, she tears the mask off. And you see this woman with his hair, it's like shaved off to the side, tattoos and scarification, symbol of the butterflies on her. And she stares daggers at this man who has the mask on. She pushes past you for a second and raises this dagger. She stumbles towards him. He just slowly lowers his hand as she takes three more steps and pitches forward dead in the mud right in front of her. Just splats on the ground. And a light rain begins to pick up the moment she hits. Okay, that surprised me. I admit. Uh... I guess, good surprise. Are you gonna stab me now? I'd really rather not be stabbed. I've thought very seriously about it and I've come to the conclusion I'd prefer not to be stabbed. You see a small smile come to his face again and he opens his mouth to reply to you when his eyes dart to the left and you hear this clicking, this <laughs> He glances over and you see him take a couple of steps back. His confidence vanishes as her raptor begins to reemerge from the bush from where it ran away. And you see it slowly walking towards her fallen body. And he looks at you for a second and starts to back away. As I will also he, back away. As you start backing away, he slowly reaches down and picks up the spear that he apparently has dropped in the mud. You see him reach down and slowly pick it up. This raptor moves over and lowers its head to her corpse as the rain starts to spatter against the mud and you see it gently nudge her to see if she moves. She doesn't, of course. The raptor lingers for a moment. As it does, you see those hunter reptilian eyes regard everybody here. Raptor kind of dips its head low. Now, this is a full-grown, you're not sure what species. It's some kind of raptor covered in war paints and mud, and it's, it's wearing a harness of some kind. But it's about six feet at the shoulder, so it's not a small boy. This thing kind of paces around a little bit and once again nudges down and sees to get her to move. Um, you can tell from the noises it starts to make that it's becoming agitated as she's not moving. You can hear these clicking sounds coming from it. But a few moments later, that second raptor that he was riding on starts to emerge. And his raptor doesn't look quite as aggressive, rather more confused. It's a little more upright, walking the way it does with its head kind of doing that chicken walk as it kind of moves in there and regards everything. It's reptilian eyes scanning over it. Um, her raptor finally seems to relent and step back, and then take a couple of steps. 
the other raptor and the two seem to have this communication going on. You're not entirely sure what's going on, but it looks like they're looking at each other and kind of sussing each other out and pacing around. Um, the butterfly who has got the spear in his hand and the dagger looks over to you and goes, go check on your friend. Yeah, you, you got this. You are very good at... I look down at her. Fighting and... I bet your raptor's kind of the same way, so I'll just go check on... Uh, that's an encouragement for attack tasks. Okay. Oh, so you're giving him... You're easing his difficulties? Um, case... And the other raptors. Assuming they're the same level, that means one of the raptors would auto-hit the other raptor. Uh, because it'd be one level higher. Okay. But that's assuming. Yeah. And that's... when you assume... Poor Ume. How's Tara looking? Um, you reach over to her and she is not in great shape. Um, as you reach her, you see her hands are shaking as she's reaching down and slowly gauging how deep the knife is that's in her chest right now. She reaches down and she kind of tugs a little bit and she goes, <sighs> and you, when you reach her, she looks up at you and she shakes her head as you squat down next to her. She goes, <sighs> you can tell it. She sounds like she's out of breath. If you want to make a roll, any kind of medicine check or first aid you've got, All right, um, I will spend a point of intellect okay. uh, to reduce this task. What's the difficulty? Uh, difficulty is four. So that'll reduce, it down to, that'll reduce it down to three. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, cool, fun, funky fresh. Awesome. We got story points, we got story points. Yep, that's true. Uh, you do yeah, have I, think, I think, I think, I think I would like, yeah, because, uh, okay. uh, Well, this one's from Rogan. So thank you so much, Rogan, for that story point and for your contributions to the stream punks. That's going to drop it down from nine down to six or better. So difficulty two. Fourteen. Fourteen. Um, yeah, it's what you probably thought it was. Um, you can tell by it, it sounds like she's had the breath knocked out of her and the way she's breathing, the way she's trembling. It probably got her lung. You see she's trying to 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 sort of like pace her breath a little bit and she goes can't, can't pull it out it's gonna gonna kill me if i pull it out uh do i hear uh breath sounds in both lungs if i if i put my ear to lean in close um with Actually. that successful roll yes you do okay uh that's that's really good uh that 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 you get sounds when lungs fill with air and then don't have air because you breathe out the right. in and out. Both of those are very good. Sounds like she probably got what you're guessing is with that roll. What you're guessing is, is the knife, the stab probably knocked the breath out of her. I'm sure it hit something vital in there, but it looks like her lungs are okay from what you can tell. She's still alive. So clearly no heart tissue has been damaged at this particular moment with the dagger. She may have gotten really lucky or she might be on the edge. Um, if I look at the the handle of the dagger, that can usually give you 
some sense of how long the blade was because I don't know that I saw that but like for a dagger to be balanced you could make some inferences based on the handle like and by extension maybe how deep this went so you examine the wound where is it yeah and I'm going to go ahead and just continue banking off of the roll that you made but you examine the wound what you get is her armor saved her life dagger is in it is going to be a wound and it has knocked the breath out of her but she could make it judging from the length of the handle and the depth of the blade you can see the thickness of the armor this probably tore the musculature and made its way in but it didn't hit anything okay. vital, you're guessing otherwise yeah. considering its location she should be dying right now but she's right hanging in there because if it if it hurts to breathe there's it can hurt to breathe because it's in your lung but like it hurt it can also hurt to breathe because muscle ow because Tear, muscle fun, stab, it's not supposed to be in breathe. twos. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or Costco. Um, uh, all right. Uh, uh, so. Call me out. <laughs> uh, okay. I think we can get you some help. I think. Bad news is you're probably going to have to put up with my company for a whole lot longer, all right? She tries not to laugh. You see the smile come to her face. And she goes, <sighs> no, no. My jokes are terrible. They have no value. Who's, I go. Who? 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 She kind of nods over to the guy. And you see he's turned his back on the two of you. And he's watching these raptors. Um, if you... If you want to make a check here, you can find out what's going on. But his his attention is truly on these raptors. These raptors are staring each other down right now as they kind of pace around one another. Yeah, um, and I and I should be uh, breaking off once I've studied to re up encouragement mm -hmm. uh, for both of them. Okay. Yep, no, that's a good deadly fair. Okay, so you're the difficulty. Uh, these raptors are difficulty four creatures, so you're going to have to mm -hmm. beat that if you want to find out what the body language here is and what's going on with these animals. Okay, uh, I can certainly try. Um, uh, yeah, I think I'll, I'll I'll just roll at a difficulty four. Um, okay. Again, that's that's re-upping encouragement to boost the the non and not her raptor, the other one. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Ostensibly allies. Ostensibly allies. Another band name. Oh, devil. All right, uh, one short. I, which is fair enough. Um, I don't, I don't know. I rolled. Yeah, do letter. everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I also don't. I don't know dinosaur. I yeah. know people. You grew up in Kaleno. They were around, sure, but you didn't exactly live inside the Red Jaw Wilds. So you're still. Shockingly, kind of like... I didn't surround myself with carnivores other than you know upper administration. Right. They'll get you. You don't know what's going on, but there's a dance taking place, and it seems like this butterfly who saved your life is very. In very focused on it right now. If Zach was here, he could probably tell you everything that was happening, but these raptors are clearly having some kind of a chat with one another. Without saying a thing, they're just kind of staring each other down. One of them moves. What what's particularly stands out to you the most, Ozzy, is how one of them will just stop and kind of pretend like they're looking elsewhere. And the other one will do the same, facing the opposite direction, but neither one of them move. They kind of just stand there. You don't know specifically what's going on, but you kind of get the impression there's a dominance thing happening here right now because neither one of them are leaving or moving or, or backing down. You're just not sure what the dynamics are. Um, but after a few moments, 
the raptor that belonged to the woman that just tried to kill you slowly turns and starts calmly and slowly walking away. Very much like if you've seen a cat in real life after a cat fight almost happens and one of them decides it ain't worth it and they try not to provoke the one that they're walking away from. So it's kind of a slow walk. You witness that. It's incredible to see an animal that large, how delicate and subtle their movements are as it slowly moves back towards the bush. Um, the raptor in question that belongs to this butterfly doesn't give chase or anything, also kind of feigns a bit of an indifference, but every now and then darts its head back over to watch the other one leave. And as soon as the other one departs, he lowers his blade and moves over to you sheathing his dagger stands next to you then looks down at her and says is she going to make it um i'm not a doctor but i heard breath everywhere i think we're okay i think you you want breathing everywhere well both sides um he nods he squats down and says, I don't know much about first aid, but I do have a stim pack if she needs it. Um, if I remember correctly, you guys did bring medical supplies on the off chance that something like this would happen, and she does have that in her pack as well. So if you need to juice her, she has one too. Just uh, a reminder. Yes, I appreciate that because Ozzy chronically underprepares in that sort of I can freeload off my incredibly well-prepared friend. Ozzy is all of us. Someone has to bring the Cretaceous granola, <laughs> granola bars. I'm just yeah. saying. Um, okay. I'm the sunscreen friend. <laughs> so, suffice to say, either digging through her pack or his, she is given a stim. It's very much like a hypo spray. It just kind of fits in her arm. You see it drain a blue fluid right into her veins, and you see her just go. As you see, like the pressure kind of mounts in her arm for a second, her veins become visible for a second as the, as the medicine takes effect. And he just says, she'll be all right in about 10, 15 minutes or so. Um, I'm inclined at this point uh, to remove the bladed object from her intercostal tissue. Do you concur, doctor? Uh, he looks down and says, eh, 50-50, might as well do it now. Put pressure on it. Are you ready for this? And she goes, yeah. Yoink. <laughs> okay. Um, Make a roll. Okay. Uh, difficulty is going to be four again because you're mm -hmm. yanking a blade. Mm -hmm. um, you could end up damaging her again, but you might actually help the healing process here. So go ahead. And uh, I would say if you've got anything, this is going to be, I'll allow you, this is going to be kind of a unique roll because technically it's a dex, it's like a dex check. So it'd be your speed here. If you want to use that, you can. I'll also allow intellect. I would love intellect. Okay. Intellect would be great. Like that. Thank you. Have some intellect check. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so I'll spend another point, which uh, brings my intellect down to 15. Uh, marking that off. Okay. So um, you're exhausted. Do you need an ox point for that or do you good? Would you say that this is learning something new? I mean, field medicine. Yeah. I would say you're learning combat medicine. Sure. I'm trained in that. Okay, in which case that'll drop it down by one immediately. Yep. Okay. Trained, 
trained is different. Oh no, that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause that's the level where you actually gain. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm trained in learning new things. Cool. All right. Is there any, is there any help from this person being there that they're doing it fast, that they're distracting that, that Tara doesn't have time to tense up because they don't know it's coming. Like, does that help in this at all? Uh, honestly, I would have normally have said yes, but, but Ozzy didn't want to give her a second to brace for this and get yeah. it done. So he wasn't prepared either. <laughs> so, That's fair. Um, That's fair. But Ozzy, you managed to drop, you managed to drop the difficulty. So you've got a really good shot here. So go ahead. Let's see. You dropped yep. it from 12 down to nine and then you dropped it down to six again, if I remember correctly, because you spent the points. So yep. six yep. or better. Let's go. Oh my goodness gracious, a natural 20. Okay, that's a major effect. So as you pull it free, what you discover is the blade didn't penetrate her chest at all. It looks like it has it has dented in the armor and literally it looks like it, it hit right at the base of her sternum and knocked the air completely out of her. You see what looks like this darkened red whelp starting to grow where the armor itself was destroyed and almost punctured the center of her chest but she is currently in pain probably having like a phantom knife wound from panic and also the damage that was done to her but because of a nat 20 that's a major effect i'm going to rule that she is uninjured you, so you pull it free you see just a little bead of blood at the edge of the knife where it barely pricked her you just kind of and you see him look at you and go <laughs> nice hey your friend here just completely erased your wound you should thank them i have a knife and instead of thanking them, she draws a blade in a quick, subtle motion and tries to put it to the neck of the butterfly who catches it. It's a real quick motion. It goes, I, 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 I. take a breath. Tara doesn't have the strength to fight him. She lowers the dagger and says, there you go. Good instincts, but I'm not a butterfly. I just wear the colors. Now, since we're all here and having a friendly conversation and the one that wanted to kill everyone is fertilizing this beautiful swamp here in the middle of prehistoric wherever, I would really, really appreciate it if you would do me a solid and hand over the device you have. on. Don't worry, you're not in danger, but I can make your life a lot easier if you give it to me. Uh, my life was really easy in Kaleno. That's kind of the funny thing. Uh, it's not easy at all right now. I believe you. I believe you. I mm -hmm. can make it easier. I would really appreciate it if I could have the device. I totally understand that. You're not going to give it to me. I think we both see where this, that aspect of this conversation is going, yeah. All right. Oh. I'm prepared for this. Don't worry. Okay. Not resorting mm -hmm. to violence. I'm ready to bargain. You all ready to bargain? He pats her on the chest and she she starts to sit up and he reaches down and starts helping her up. And she goes, who the fuck are you? Oh goes, yeah, no, that, that, that's a good question. That one. Yeah. Who the fuck are you? My name is Rega. And I am. <sighs> there's, <laughs> there's really no way to say this without, um, I'm a treasure hunter. Let's just put it that way. I'm a treasure hunter. I'm flattered. <laughs> no, but um, I seek artifacts, I seek treasures, that sort of thing. So, pretty simple. You see now I'm after it, and I'm willing to bargain. So, what is it you would want in return for this device? Knowledge? Money? 
think about it as we step up here for a second. Shouldn't stay long, though, because the butterflies do know we're out here. So. Yeah, did you... I didn't get the impression they were real trusting of outsiders, and yet you're kind of presenting in an I infiltrated the butterflies sort of way, so... He nods. What's up with that? That would be... a very difficult story to explain to you. Just to say, you are correct, I infiltrated the butterflies. It wasn't easy, but it wasn't hard either. So, let's talk about doing business. Obviously, you don't want to let go of the artifact. I completely understand. It's very valuable, and you want to know probably what it does. I really, my whole purpose for being here is to get it. So, let's talk. What can I do to get it from you? Mm, uh, why do you think this has any value? Like, obviously, it has sentimental value to me. But, uh, the heck? No, that's a valid question. To you, only value it has is causing a lot of trouble for you and getting you probably killed by the butterflies. <laughs> Since they apparently want it to. They don't really know what it... Well, that's not true. I guess the leader probably knows what it does. But the rest of them don't. They just do what he says. I, on the other hand... I'm much more familiar with it, and I can use it and take it off your hands. But I am on a bit of a time crunch here. I cannot stay for very long, and um, you're in danger as long as you have it. So, bargain with me. What do you want? What do All you right. need? Um, look, uh, who... <sighs> Why do I not have much time, exactly? Well, Again, because... relevant information sets the table for bargaining. Uh, Tara speaks up and says, that raptor's headed back to the ra to the butterflies, isn't it? And he nods and goes, that's the one. Raptor's going to return to the butterflies without its rider. Oh, so you're the one who's in danger. Because it'll be heading back without you. That's true. My cover is blown now. I've kind of yeah. thrown in my lot with the rest of you. <laughs> oh, gosh. The only difference is, is I have an escape plan and you don't, so. Good luck. I won't need it. You will. <laughs> you can give me the device, though. I can. Still no. Still no. You haven't even I don't, I don't know who you are. I don't know that you are an honest dealer. I appreciate that I'm right. not dead right now. All right. That all right. Tell you what. I will follow you wherever you wish to go. We can talk along the way. I've got, um, you see him plot a device. This hologram blinks to life and you see uh, data starts popping up and he looks at it and taps on it a few moments. And clearly not a butterfly because he's using some kind of advanced tech as he just goes mm, and closes it and slides it back into his pouch, tightens that up and clips it. He says, I'll give you an hour. We can talk, get to know each other a little bit more. You can head to wherever it was you were heading. And, um, if I can convince you, great. And if not, that's a significant loss on my part. I'm so sorry. Could you say that one more time? It, I just felt a real chill and I froze. Let's walk and talk. Are you in agreement with this? Tara goes, fuck no. I don't know who the fuck you are. I don't know why I don't just kill your ass right now. I don't care if you saved us. Who the fuck are you? You see Tara's getting a little agitated. Um, he goes, calm down, calm down. I'm, I'm not 
I'm not here to start the fight. I'm here to make an offer. If you take the offer, I can make life easy. I've said before. So what do you say? Uh, talk, talk and talk. Don't make decisions now. We'll go to wherever you're headed. She says, no, absolutely not. Why don't you get on the back of your raptor and go in the opposite direction before I do to you what I wasn't able to do to her? And that gets a reaction from him. He takes a step back and goes, all right, all right, all right. Tell you what, I'm going to linger here for about another half hour or so. If you change your mind, I'll be here, but I'm not going to risk my life for the, for the device. Your lives will continue to be complicated so long as you have it on you. The time anomalies, the things that are happening to you, it's all because of that. The longer you have it, the worse it's going to get. And the proximity it is to Silver Creek, the worse it's going to get. I'm going to pick up Tara's pack okay. off the ground, and I'm going to lean in as I hand it to her. Okay. And murmur, if nothing else, I need to find out how this guy knows about it and who he is, because that has to be connected to whatever, however, Silver Creek is being threatened. Can you can you carry this right now? Or do you need me to hang on to it for you? Because I'm fine. I got it. He takes it. Slings it over. You know, the butterflies are going to send more than just two people. And the next people that they send, you're not going to have someone on the inside to help you. You're not going to make it alone out here. Give me the device. I vanish and they never find you. If anything, they come looking for me and I'll be long gone. I look to Tara. I look back at him. Walk with me. Whistles, just sharp, piercing whistles. The raptor suddenly tenses up and pads over and pats the raptor and says, let's walk. Tara looks very uncomfortable with this arrangement, but nods to you as she slides her blades back into its sheath, does not button them. And she just whispers to you as the three of you begin to move forward. She just goes, this is fucked. I don't know what this is. Neither do I. That's why I need to find out. All right. The three of you begin to move closer and closer to the banks of the swamp where there is a raft waiting you to take you across the waters. On the other side of the fields, a few miles away, to the west of Silver Creek, is a exerted party trying to keep up with one of their members who has just darted. Dahlia, you are sort of like clinging to Bruno, and Bruno has never been comfortable to ride. He's just barely big enough to carry you. So you're kind of doing this bouncy thing where your chest is starting to hurt a little bit because you're constantly banging up against him. Like, uh, like, like riding a horse for too long, except for in this case, it's your rib cage as you're kind of like holding on to him. Um, you see the red jaw wilds. Right now, it looms menacingly overhead. These great giant trees that are just these epic shadows against shadows. The hurricane cloud cover has managed to start to break up a little bit. So this pitch black night has begun to open up to the stars. In the background, as you're rushing up ahead, you can hear um, maybe about 300 yards away, Zach and everybody calling out to you to slow down as you're darting ahead. 
as you're continuing to rush forward, though, you can't help but feel you're getting closer. This is right. You're getting closer. This is right. Um, this sense of urgency, you can't help but get the impression that Bruno kind of senses it the way animals can sense the, the emotional state of their companions. Bruno just kind of is pushing on and pushing on. Make me a perception check, if you would, as you're approaching. And do remember that you have the ability. You have that ability that lets you see, despite the fact that it is incredibly dark out right now. Yeah. Um, perception, because it is pitch black, I did open the sky a little bit, so I'm going to reduce the difficulty one less. So right now, it is going to be going to be a difficulty five check. So you would need a 15 or better on a D20 before trying to lower that. All right. Let's try. So the Sense the Unseen, does that help me with anything? Remember correctly, Sense the Unseen will let you find hidden things. Uh, what's the text say exactly? Because you described I'd rather it. see the Unseen. Sorry. Yeah. I might get mixed up there. Um, you can automatically perceive creatures and objects that are normally invisible, out of phase, or only partially in this universe when looking for things more conventionally hidden. The task is eased. Okay. So then that means it, it's eased by how much? By one? It, it's just as it's eased? Yeah. Okay. Cool. That means eased by one. So that means your 15, the difficulty five drops to a difficulty four instantly. So before okay. you spend any points, you now need a 12 or better on a D20. So you can spend intellect pool if you want, or even an ox point if you want. I am going to spend an intellect. Okay. So three points out of your intellect pool minus your edge. And eh. that's going to drop 12 down to a nine. So you, that's a difficulty three roll. You need a nine or a better. That's better. Yeah, considerably. A little over 50-50. Well, good news is I got a nine. Exactly. Oh. Y'all are hitting that line. Um, <coughs> um, oh, you know what, though? Bruno, if you could, I would also like you to roll perception. If you would, please, Dino Bruno. Uh, Bruno's difficulty is actually going to be reduced down to four. So 12 or better for Bruno. Um. Is this a perception check to yes. find the prettiest dinosaur? Because I automatically succeed on those. Oh, then we don't have to roll. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, um, no. Does it have anything with uh, time anomalies? Because I do have a training no, on that. No, not time okay. anomalies. Cool. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't about finding the prettiest Brunosaur? <laughs> What'd you roll? That one that one okay mm -hmm. uh, so bruno doesn't see it <laughs> bruno is just bruno is doing right by you dahlia and bruno is very <laughs> excited about this bruno knows you want bruno to go forward so bruno is going forward better than anyone's ever gone forward ever in this entire universe you dahlia as you're bouncing around on bruno's chest and hearing the shouts of your friends from behind you glance to your right as something in the corner of your eye catches your attention. And it takes you a moment to focus on what you're seeing. Because by your estimations, as you are on the back of Bruno, what you're seeing is these huge tree trunks just flying past you as you're edging, you're getting closer and closer to a pretty well-defined tree line of the Red Jaw Wilds. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where you have to focus because you're not sure you're seeing what you think you're seeing. So you watch and give yourself a moment one of those large tree clusters 
is moving with you. It's probably about maybe a hundred yards from where you are to your right flank. As you're glancing into the tree line, you see something large and dark that is keeping pace with you. You don't hear anything though. Mostly because you hear Bruno's footsteps and Bruno just the breath of Bruno as he's just completely charging forward. They are just propelled forward. But your instinct, because you made a successful perception check, your instinct immediately tells you whatever that is, is not good. I'm sorry. The only thing that it flashed in my head, I know this would be a scary moment, was uh, Dino from the Flintstones being like, yeah, <laughs> yep, that's fair. <coughs> the sound of it. Um, great. Yeah. It hasn't made any moves where it is just keeping pace. That's what it looks like. Yeah. I'm going to keep running. Okay. You continue to move. Because I feel like um, if I stop, that's going to be worse. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to have the party who is well behind get uh you, you guys are gonna have you're, you're not gonna have to make a roll because of clover as you were all moving forward clover zach is directly in front of you keeping in mind that most of y'all are on foot right now so keeping up i believe with, you know, all of us are all of us are on dinos no because not everybody can ride dinos not uh, everybody atticus, has dinos. atticus atticus can do too and, and then Sweets is not uh, big enough to accommodate somebody being on the back of Sweets. Yet Michael Yen is on a dino. Michael I Yen's think, on his dino. And I think so. I think Zach is the only one not on a dino right now. Yes. Right. Uh, so uh, okay, let me get clarification then. Are okay, you keeping yeah. pace with Zach, or are you leaving Zach? Because my impression was is y'all were moving as fast as your slowest person. Yeah. Oh right. With, I mean, yeah, that's what I assume we were talking. <laughs> yeah. I, I said, I which would probably be me if I'm on foot. Yeah. Right, right. Um, because yeah. when we last left off, y'all were keeping pace with Zach because we kind of established that Zach couldn't ride while everybody else was saddled up. We don't have Kimmy here? Uh, Kimmy is here, but I, Kimmy is actually not large enough to carry oh, somebody. Okay. To get, yeah. Okay. Kimmy's sort of like, I think we had said was like circling last yeah. we checked in with her. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, I I know I I think I declared that uh yeah, yeah, I think we probably are keeping pace with Zach then. That was I, my assumption. Yeah. I think I last game I was like, I'm gonna follow, but yeah, I, I'll retract that. You certainly can. So you don't need because it, yeah. it is it, just as a as somebody on the outside looking in, it is a valid tactic to send at least one person ahead to make sure that that Clover's not alone, but if you mm. do want to back, like whatever y'all, I'm sorry, yeah, Dahlia, if you want to make sure that's the mm. case, yeah. Well, then it makes sense that the Atticus crew would, right? Or Michael Yen. Go ahead. Yeah, however you want to do it. I mean, yeah, I actually would want to follow Dahlia. Not fully splitting, so not leaving Zach fully behind, but just like speeding up to catch, to try to start. Try to, to close some of that distance. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is if that's I'm not riding. I'm I'm just riding along on Atticus. So I, here's the <laughs> thing about Joe, though. I don't think Joe really like 
Like you ride a horse in a way that like you're like in kind of in control of steering in the situation. Joe just kind of hangs out on Atticus. So like if you <laughs> so like you being a passenger is about as much as Joe is always <laughs> doing on Atticus. So uh if you have if you can either attempt to get Atticus to go forward or try to get Joe to do it. Either of those is fine with me. Joe will not feel stepped on and I will also not feel stepped on. Like <laughs> Joe is not like a wilderness dino rider. <laughs> She's just here. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So whatever whatever path you want to take on that is totally cool with me. Yeah. Okay. Then when Dahlia dip, like zips forward, zips ahead. Oh, I'm almost, I also notice what's in the trees. Yeah. 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 So... I think uh, Clover would say, uh, actually, sorry, so, so sorry to interrupt the flow. GM question. Yeah. Um, would Clover know what the proper protocol is for what she saw? So I wrote in my notes that she saw, I think, a theropod. I think she identified it was the theropod in the tree line. Large predator. Yeah, large predator. Wait a minute. So would would she know? Do you? Is it like T Rexes? You know, need to stand still because they can't see <laughs> still things, or is it go faster? Like what what would she know about that? Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, Clover, your instincts. Yeah, with the Nat twenty. So of course, what you know about T Rexes is they are probably one of the most intelligent theropod species. They also have the largest eyes and the best night vision of every theropod species. They typically hunt in pairs and they are typically just regarded as the most dangerous land predator in what will one day become the North American continent. Um, they are the undisputed <laughs> tyrannical kings of uh, the Cretaceous era, a well-deserved reputation. Um, if it is a T-Rex, y'all got to fight on your hands. Um, T-Rex is just so you know, um, and I think also Zach would know this too, just Full player knowledge again because you rolled a net 20. Uh, Stripe is a pretty powerful hunter. Stripe is very unique though. Stripe is a very high level. A T or standard T Rex is just one level below Stripe. Mm -hmm. So it's still an incredibly lethal thing. If this is a T Rex, it, it is possible that it is. It carries the same body mass and it is same and it is moving roughly at the same speed. What you would probably remember, the last bit of information I'll give you is um. There's not a lot in it for. How do I put this? Your instinct tells you based off of what you've seen, it's very unlikely a T-Rex is hunting Clover right now. Dahlia. I'm sorry, Dahlia. Dahlia. Why do I keep doing that? It's very unlikely that Dahlia is being hunted by a T-Rex right now mm -hmm. because there's no point in trying to keep up with Bruno. T-Rex will not try to chase things down. They're, they're, they're ambush hunters. Hmm. they will track down they will work together almost like a pack and they will try to track down when their prey is at the most vulnerable they typically hunt at night for this very reason it's very unlikely that a t-rex would be actively hunting and chasing down a quick moving dinosaur like bruno however piecing together what you've got you do see what looks like a large theropod that is currently on the move in the woods right now and it is moving parallel to the party it's kind of between you guys and where you know dahlia to be up ahead okay so it's okay we're kind of moving in the same direction of it and it's slightly ahead of us yeah um 
do this. I'm going to say that your nat 20 is actually going to trigger a another roll. It's going to open the door to a second roll to try to put together what it is you're seeing. Okay. So if you want to make an intellect-based check, try to investigate or get an idea on this, typically I would have this as a pretty high difficulty. But I'm going to set this. I'll set this at a standard difficulty of four. So you need a 12 or better just right off the bat. Okay. Um, she she did see this through Sweet's vision. Can she get an assist on getting multiple angles on what's happening? Uh, not on this one. Okay. Uh, she's gotten all the information she can get with what I gave her. So what's coming together next is seeing if she can put together the puzzle pieces of the information. This is kind of like an investigation check. Okay. Like yeah. Uh, I will spend a level of effort. Okay. It'll and down. remind me, does it cost two or three for effort? So anytime you spend effort, it always it's three for the first spend and then two for every spend after. But always subtract your edge rating. Okay, so now I have two in, in my intellect edge, so that just costs one for me. One point, so that drops down another one. So it drops down to six. You have difficulty two right now. All right, I'm going to uh, roll on that. What's oh, up, Zach? Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Okay, you mind if I ask you something before you go through with this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, has anyone given any kind of signs that they're wigging out, or has any of the dinosaurs made any kind of... Oh. None of, the dinos, okay. none of the dinos know that this creature is currently rushing. Okay. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's the same for everybody as well. Like all the, the only people. person that has spotted this creature right now has been a very successful role from Clover, who spotted it in the woods with a nat twenty. Uh, I, and, uh, sorry to. My no, last question yeah. is: ha, Have you given ki any kind of outward sign that like you've peeped something? Because I, I might be. To okay. save you some points if your character's like something's off you can do that i'll allow that aliza if you want to help i would i would say i'm about to say something and yeah before this role yeah i would be looking very intently in the tree line you would probably notice that yeah in okay. that case if you don't mind if you want to have this moment feel free but if you don't mind what i could do is i could just spend two in uh, intellect points and i find out everything <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it, that... it's it's oh. called Discover Dinos. You scour the area within long it. range. Oh, oh, you 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 never mind me. You know what? <laughs> That's I amazing. That just do it. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, do it. And it's free for me because I have my two intellect. Oh, there we go. You got it. Yeah, you had to. You had to chime in because you had to remind. Yes, thank you, Noir. Thank you. No problem. Although Noir, it is great that you bring that up because you weren't here last week. You should get a roll here to notice some things. Let me handle. Let me let me cover what's going on with Clover first. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. So you make your two spins. So what does that what does that specifically give you that ability? Yeah, so it says you scour the area within long range, searching for any signs of current or recent dinosaur activity. If there is or was a dinosaur in this area, you discover its level and general type, as well as any additional facts that the GM feels are pertinent about the creature. Okay. All right. Well, you're not... So here's the rule. That, <laughs> just, just to clarify, that ability basically states that you're kind of doing a cutscene where you scour the area and scout it out and whatnot. In this case, you're not doing that. Instead, um... What you'll be doing right. is yeah. you are basically taking the information you've got and using your instinct mm -hmm. of what you know as a butterfly who's lived on the frontier. This is definitely a T-Rex. It is a level seven dinosaur. And it is currently hosting a rider on its back who is holding oh, a spear. That um, I didn't know before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay. that, that becomes clear to you because you begin to realize the only reason why this thing would be engaging in any kind of a chase right now is if it wasn't hunting. It's being told what to do. Wow. 
So right now there is a T-Rex with a rider on the back and I'll go ahead and give it to you, Clover, because the truth is, is you're a former butterfly, but it's a high probability that that's a butterfly mm -hmm. that is currently trying to chase down Dahlia. And there is just, you know how fast T-Rexes move. They're pretty quick, faster than a lot of people give them credit for and a hell of a lot quieter than people give them credit for, but it cannot, it's not gonna be able to keep up with Bruno. What okay. it can do is keep pace to see where Bruno's going. So I do get the sense that it's following Bruno and yeah. Dahlia? Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, in that case. Uh, God, I don't even know how to express all this. <laughs> um, I will tap. I imagine I'm behind you, Joe. I will Probably, tap yeah. you on the shoulder. And then when I get your attention, I will signal to Zach and Michael. And when I have everyone's attention, I'll be like, point to the tree line and I'll do like a T-Rex yeah. motion. Zach, instantly a bunch of instincts flood into your body. You and think I'll do you this butterfly. <gasps> that's what changes everything. Zach, yeah. immediately when you find out there's a T-Rex that's hunting right now, your first thought is, oh, it's Bruno. It can hear Bruno running. Like that's the number, like a panicked trike is probably attracted the attention of a hunting T. Oh no, it's a butterfly. It's worse. Wonderful. It's worse than T-Rex. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm just, I think he's just going to say keep moving. Uh, and he's going to draw his bow. Uh, we're just okay. going to keep moving and wait for any signs of hostility. Should we go fast? Should we go at least faster, spread out our line so we're closer? Or do we just, do we secret keep it, pretend we don't know? They haven't attacked yet, which means they're waiting for something. That thing that they're waiting for could be a change in pace, so let's continue pace as is. Okay, but Dahlia's leading them right to the thing that they're not supposed to know about. Oh crap. Uh -huh. Oh crap. Um, yeah, we just keep going as we are. Um, okay. If they speed up, we speed up. But yeah. yeah are they keeping pace with bruno or are they more like they're starting like, to lag behind stalking. bruno they're actually edging closer okay. to you guys at this point but okay. they are definitely following bruno hmm. okay, okay 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 they don't seem to be that focused on y'all they seem to be a little more interested in where bruno's headed interesting okay they are interesting yeah yeah i'm with zach i think we just follow a pace with the t-rex I think we all need to come to the acceptance that once we reach our location, there will be a conflict of some nature. Do yeah. whatever you need to on the journey there to prepare yourself for that inevitability. I check my pulse rifle, not pulse rifle. What is it called? Is it a pulse rifle? <laughs> Isn't that alien? No. No. Suddenly, <laughs> all of a sudden, Martha, you wake up from your, your, your weird ass dream. I thought they were dinos. That was weird. <laughs> um, Tig is looking at you like, are you okay? And you were there, <laughs> and you were there. <laughs> um, you had glasses. And <laughs> you drank a lot last night. Um, yeah, so you get the impression. Um, well, I should tell you first off, the, the, the mention that it combat is inevitable gets Michael Yen very nervous. 
You see him clutch to his hattie and just kind of nods. Uh, uh, not much of a fighter, really. I'll, I'll do what I can. I don't want anything Yours. to happen to... I don't want anything to happen to Dahlia. Then your responsibility will be making sure that everyone else that's also not a fighter stays out of the fight. Anyone else that is willing and able to fight, you can join me. Not. Yeah, I'll be with it's you. quite nervous. All right. We'll be fine, Doctor. With that... You guys continue to proceed this way bizarre three-way race as Bruno continues to pull ahead and then eventually vanishes into the thick of the Red Jaw Wilds. You lose sight of Bruno eventually. Um, Dahlia, it is a exhausting dash and somehow Bruno manages to keep pace the entire time until eventually Bruno suddenly comes to a stop. Bruno, your senses are Filled with the instinct that there is time anomaly. You can sense it. It's overwhelming. <sighs> all around you. And when you come to a stop, Bruno, you are absolutely breathless, having just ran nonstop for well over a few miles, way past what you normally do. You're mostly a sprinter. In this case, you did some long running, and you are just heaving right now, like a horse that has been run well past its exhaustion rate. You just you can feel too, Dahlia, underneath your ribs. You can feel the heaving chest of this uh, bipedal dinosaur. Just yeah, I, I rub, I rub you know. That's good, 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 good job, good job. Yep, we did it. We did it. She's gonna look behind her to see if she sees what she saw earlier. <laughs> you see a very beautiful, dark, ancient woodland, and it's filled with sounds of the evening. Insects and other creatures calling out to each other. Um, the sounds of a wilderness that is not currently being disturbed. In front of you, not more than maybe maybe about 200 yards as well. About 200 yards, you would see what looks like the towering formation of a huge rock-like structure. It's just jutting very out of place here in the middle of this wilderness. Look like great, like jagged, crooked teeth that are just kind of erupting from the earth and have come to lean on each other. So Bruno senses a time anomaly. Yeah, Bruno definitely... Um, Bruno's definitely communicating the sensation of a time anomaly nearby. Because I have time tap. Which will let you do? Uh, using an implant, fingerprint, lock device, or other equipment unique to you, you connect with a time anomaly that is within immediate range and ask it one basic question about a recent or current event experience or person. Implant? Or a fingerprint? Just having some a piece of tech. It like yeah. it's a it's a tech interface. That's the typical <laughs> flavor, presumably for yeah. someone without uh, Dahlia's focus. Uh, okay, that makes more sense. So an osteon can just do this then, as opposed to requiring any kind of technology. Yeah. Okay. What is that? Um. So you slide off the back of Bruno. You feel it too, Dahlia. It's yeah. here. It doesn't feel as chaotic as it does at Silver Creek. Or it has it as it has lately. This feels a little more, more like what you're used to. The presence of, of time anomalies. Now, real quick question, just as a refresher, who has the device? 
Okay. Which one? <laughs> the real one. Okay. So, keeping that in mind, Dahlia, you feel the presence of time anomalies nearby. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it's world shattering, like it's reality piercing. It feels like the presence of a time anomaly nearby. It doesn't feel like it's upsetting or it's going to rip your uh, perceptions around. It feels like it normally does, like it did before all of this madness started. Okay. What would you like to do? You're out here by yourself right now. You've got a good head start on everybody else. Well, I, I would like to time tap and ask yeah. what's happened here. So as you shift through the foliage then looking for a time anomaly, knowing that they are nearby, Bruno is kind of leading you in that direction. Um, Bruno is you one step, just again, still heaving from ex- exertion. Um, actually, let's go ahead and actually, I'm going to have Bruno make a quick strength check. And I'll set the difficulty to see. I'm going to say, I'll set the difficulty here at four. It's just another standard 12 roll. Good roundabout. Well, make a strength check for Bruno. Is this the strength of Bruno's beauty and charm? It is not. No. Disappointing. Yeah. Disappointing. Mm -hmm. Well, um, Bruno's don't have pools. So if it isn't a skill I have, that's just a flat roll. That's just a flat roll, so it's a 12 or better. Oh my! Okay. But here's the thing. What if it is about Bruno's strength and charm? That's a natural 20. <laughs> Karma is for Bruno and 20 for all of this. Um, Bruno, um, as you start, you put your hand on Bruno's neck, and as you're moving forward, kind of running your fingers through the, the feathers, you feel Bruno tense up suddenly with excitement. And despite Bruno's exhaustion, takes no strength damage from all of that running. And Bruno just starts taking, moving forward. And in fact, uh, Bruno is in excellent shape despite all that running. Totally excited. The adrenaline rush pushing Bruno past the point of having to roll or worry about exhaustion. Um, It takes about 15 or so minutes before the two of you enter into a small opening. You're moving closer to this pile of rocks, Dahlia. But as you move into a clearing where the foliage begins to bleed away, giving space to like gravel and rock face, you see there it is in the middle of the shining night. You see what looks like this bizarre amalgam of reality kind of broken, like a, like a partially like a 50% opacity shattered mirror, just hovering in the center of the air with different landscapes joining into one single moment in time, a single point landscapes kind of shift immediately and you feel you found a time anomaly. Moving over to it, mm-hmm. you slowly put your hand into it, and you see your hand distort as you tap into space-time. What would you like to do? You're going to ask it a question? Yes, yes. I get to ask one basic question about a recent or current event, experience, or person. Okay. So I'd like to ask what happened here. Okay. Um, you search for any kind of connection. And your mind floods. At first, you see a pristine, beautiful jungle in the daytime. And for a second, you find yourself standing in a beautiful afternoon. And in front of you, you see a pristine-looking sati bunker with scientists on the outside having conversations as they are scanning the surrounding area in these lab coats. Um, you see hovering drones that are chirping this strange sort of lang- the computer language. Um, a couple of scientists walking past. You immediately feel like this is old sati 
hundred years or so ago. Mm-hmm. Kind of twists and contorts, and then you find yourself in a closer time period. You're guessing this must have been much more recent. And you're not standing outside this place anymore. Instead, you are inside this darkened room. You see two individuals in front of you. The interior of this room to you, Dahlia, looks a little bit like the interior of Molina's lab. One of them is saying something to the other one, but you can't tell what it is. But you see one of them is removing what looks like uh, a device from the inside of what you're pretty sure is a computer mainframe. And just gently putting it into a satchel in a bag. The two of them are laughing. One kind of nods and squats down and starts tying the bag up when the one behind him pulls a dagger and stabs him right through the back of <laughs> covers his mouth. The guy he stabs doesn't go down and instead whips around and strangles, grabs hold of the guy's neck, and they both pitch over the top of a table as a fight breaks out. It's brutal, it's intimate, and it's quick. But the guy who stabs him is the only one that stands up, wipes blood off of his face. Bearded gentleman, you can see it looks like he's got paint on the side of his face, like not ritualistic, maybe camouflage of some kind. But he doesn't look like a butterfly. And he doesn't look like Sati. You don't know who he is. But you get a good look at his face. And he pulls the dagger out and quickly, panically, rushes over to this thing that's been withdrawn from the computer and snatches it up. And the vision... And you're standing back in the wilds with Bruno's eye in your face, wondering why you're not moving. <laughs> I, oh, whoa. Um, you also get a cipher because you interacted with the time anomaly. So yay. I'm going to need you to roll a D10. Or first of all, roll a D6. Okay. Four. Four. Okay. So then now roll me a, a D10. You would ask for a D10, and I don't have one right next to me. Pull a D20 and divide it by two. Eight. Eight. What is that? That's something you're going to abuse. I just know it. <laughs> oh, okay. Roll a D6, please. We're going to find out what level the cipher is. Six. It is a ninth level cipher. That is a powerful cipher. Level nine, just so you know, levels only go up to 10 in this game. Woo! Okay. It's called Look Away. Changes light waves around physical non-living object that the user is in physical contact with, causing the object to seem invisible. Anyone who looks in the direction of the object for too long experiences an intense headache and a sense of dizziness. The object must be no bigger than something you could hold in two hands. The effect breaks if the object leaves your touch. You can basically pick up something that's, that is inanimate, that's non-living. You can pick it up and actually cause it to go invisible right in front of you. It's level nine. There's no way anybody, there's no one that I can think of that can hit a level nine perception check if this was Callisto 6 maybe, but not so much here. Um, so as you are holding this, uh, you f- see the veins in your arm light up as a cipher begins to bond with your DNA. And the ability is absorbed into your body. You can use this once. I think I know I'm going to use it on. There's a there's sort of a distant roll of thunder as the time anomaly just goes and vanishes in front of you. Huh? Is the facility in front of me? Yes. You would. The thing is, is you may not have known what the hell you were looking at here in the darkness. 
but now you've seen it in the light. And as you glance up those big broken chunks of rock, you know you're actually at the Sati bunker. It's just in the middle of the night. Um, I, mm, 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 I know I need to take cover because there's a T-Rex hunting me. But I don't want to go in the bunker. <laughs> what, would, what would you like to do? The party, party's still a good distance behind you. Is there any cover, like trees, anything like that? I mean, the Red Jaw Wilds is all around you, and you also have a lot of rocks out here. So if you want to hide, you could conceivably do that. But if you do, and a T-Rex comes wandering by, it's basically going to be a contested roll against the T-Rex to resist whether or not it sees you. All right. Sorry, team. I got to go in the bunker. I'm not going to adventure in too far, but just enough hey, to you, get Hey, you don't, you don't know what we know. This Dali doesn't know. It's true. Taking, taking the next action. That is logically makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So Dahlia, the first thing you do is when you move over to the bunker, your instinct tells you this is going to be a hellish climb because there's no obvious way to get inside. The bunker looks like an observatory that is built into the side of a rock face. And what's curious is, is part, part of the observatory itself looks like it's slightly cracked open, like it's been broken open a little bit. But curiously enough, there is an old rope that is connected onto a hook that is just dangling off at the side that's been there for what looks like years. Just kind of dangling down the side across the cliff face down to about maybe 10, 15 feet away from the ground. <laughs> um, well... <laughs> uh, to answer your question, Sam is smiling because Sam is one of the people that threw that rope six years ago. <laughs> that's great. Secrets of Silver Creek. <laughs> that party, that's how they got into this place. Well, I'm going to uh -huh. yank on the rope and see how is it, how old it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, you give it a good tug. You definitely hear it creak. No pun intended. You hear the like popping sounds as you kind of pull down on it. There is some give, but you have a feeling the fibers are in it are strong enough that it'll hold for now. Bruno, what am I going to do with you? Uh, Bruno takes the opportunity to bite the rope and lean back. Thank you. We will not speak of this. She's going to start climbing up. <laughs> okay, it is, a, is this going to be a physical roll, but the check is eased considerably because you're using the rope. Um, but it is going to be a difficulty three check, so you need a nine or better and a d20, and it's strength-based. Why are you climbing on Bruno's rope? This belongs to Bruno. Very well, Very Bruno, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I literally have no strength. This is adorable. I have might. Wait, might. Might, right? Yep, yeah. Might. Might, might be. This is a might check. Seven. Uh, seven's not going to do it. No, I didn't roll. No, no, I'm just like oh, I'm looking at my ace. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Go ahead. So you can spend from that to make it easier. You can mm -hmm. spend an ox point, um, or if you have any skills that have to do with physical or climbing or. Yeah, I have none of that. Okay, so you can take an ox point, or you can spend three points from your might, which is that's a little stressful right now. You could if you wanted to. Um, I'm gonna, but, can I spend an ox point? You can. 
This ox point is from Duran452. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you. That's going to ease this by another one. So that is going to drop down to six, to difficulty two. Need a six or better. I got an 18. Okay. Um, yeah, not only is it actually kind of easy to climb, but as it turns out, the last people that were here, probably the people you saw in your vision, looks like they've actually left some hooks in the side that they helped to use to get up this thing as well. So you kind of use a little bit of the rope and a little bit of these hooks that have been left in the side um, as you pull yourself up. When you get to the top, you pull yourself up to the lip and it you do see, to your amazement, what looks like a grand looking telescope the thing looks like it's a cylinder that is roughly a you're guessing about 12 feet in diameter and fully extended probably reaches far outside this dome that is partially closed um mm -hmm. on the inside though you see a couple of things that immediately cause you to kind of flinch a little bit but you see webbing covering a lot of the interior it's like opening an old shed basically this place has been exposed to the elements and anything that could crawl in here to make a home so as you pull yourself up, um, it is pitch black inside. Total darkness. You're not sure how far down, but as you kind of lean over the lip and look down, Dahlia, you don't see a ground. Ooh. And your breath, the noises you're making, the grunts as you're pulling yourself up, you don't hear anything bouncing back at you. Like it gives you the impression that it's kind of a drop. Oh, that's exciting. Is there at least somewhere that I can perch for a second? Yeah, you can pull yourself up in the lip with that roll totally. Kind of, okay. It's not comfortable, but you can get one thigh up onto the side and just kind of like perch there for a moment and kind of hold yourself in place. I'm going to look down at Bruno and kind of see if I can give Bruno... Bruno's about close to about 80 feet down and is looking back up to you. And, and his legs down. are scrabbling as he tries to just keep fighting the rope. Uh, until up, and it never happens. It never happens, Dahlia. How much so noise is Bruno making? In his beak and his... How much noise is Bruno making, and how distressed is Bruno? Because Bruno I'm afraid... is not a storm, Bruno, and was abandoned in the middle of a storm. Then, when he finally thought everything was okay, was left out here in this place that isn't home. I'm a distressed Bruno! In which case, I'm going to activate a GM intrusion. Now, Cynthia, you can choose to reject it, but if you do, it costs you experience points to do it. So I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take okay. it. Gain an, we gain will XP. speak about this, Bruno. You gain one XP, and you can give that one X, the other XP to anybody else. Who would you like to have the second XP? I'm going to give it to Sam for Bruno. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, um, two things you spot as you're kind of sitting there in the lip, Dahlia, is you see a very pathetic looking uh, desperate Bruno trying to get up to you and there's no way. And it's just enough cloud breakage. There's just enough break in the clouds that you catch the glint of light reflecting off the surface of the large glassy eye of a T-Rex that is looming on the edges of the wilds about 60 feet from Bruno, and Bruno has no idea. The thing is head is somewhat lowered, and it is moving terrifyingly quiet 
for a creature that stands close to 15 and a half feet tall and weighs in about an eight tons. It slowly edges with a padded, thickly padded foot. You also spot it has what looks like a harness, a standing saddle, and somebody on its back. We're actually going to pause right there because it's 7.30. So, 10 minutes, and we'll be back. See you then. I'm in danger. Now, a quick message during the break. To help us continue producing shows like this, consider supporting Althaven on Ko-Fi. Your contributions keep the Haven alive. And if you're not already part of our vibrant community, join us on Discord. It's the best way to stay updated on upcoming shows and events. Welcome back to the happy fun house that is Streampunks. And uh, we are going to jump right back into... Uh, what is going to be a very relaxing moment in time where Bruno is being stalked by a large theropod <laughs> that is very easier <laughs> to feed and has a rider on his back. Um, we're going to go ahead and pick things up right where we left off, which was with the GM intrusion that got accepted. Uh, so right now, I'm going to have Bruno make a perception check. It is against the difficulty of the predator that has snuck up on Bruno. The T-Rex, as I stated earlier, has a pretty high, uh, a pretty high. Um, What's the difficulty, Eric? Pretty high. Um, Eric. The, the, okay, so let me just confirm this because I want to make sure that I get this down. Yeah, so the difficulty for this one is actually seven. Oh, uh, so, Bruno can't do that. If Bruno can't spin, then Bruno well, auto fails. No, Bruno, dinosaurs don't have pools. Okay, yeah, Bruno's going to auto fail then. Okay. Can I have a reaction to this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're, you're part of the you were part of the the uh, perception. Oh wait, no, you've got the perception check. You actually succeeded. Mm -hmm. Um. Here, let's do this. Go ahead and make your roll right now. Make your perception check roll, because the the GM intrusion. I'll tell you what. Well, let's treat it like this. Let's treat it like an initiative check. So you can make an initiative check right now to alert Bruno, but you have to roll against the T-Rex's initiative is the problem. Bruno has initiative. So the initiative, well, you, if you want, if, well, so no, because Bruno is already auto failing. This is to see if, if the warning gets to Bruno. If the warning gets to Bruno, then Bruno can roll initiative otherwise. But right now you need a 21 or better. Obviously you can't hit that unless you spend because the difficulty is seven. So um, you're going to have to lower it. This is definitely going to be a moment if you would like to spend. A story point? An ox crew point. An ox point is available to you. Yes, please. Okay, this comes from Shock22. An awesome Streampunk supporter. Thank you so much, Shock22. That's going to drop seven down to six. So you now need 18 or better before you spend or do anything else. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Ah! Big monster creatures. Little Bruno. All right. Well, let's see what happens. I don't think I have anything else in me to lower that. Wait. Hold on. Do I? 
which pool is this coming from so she could see if she can spend intellect it, perception checks are always intellect so uh -huh. if you've got any intellect spends you can use it well Bruno is not a small object so i can't use what i thought i was going to use yeah, unfortunately Bruno is but I will, spend, I will spend some intellect points okay so it's three points minus your edge rating and that'll drop it down from 18 down to 15. So that's a difficulty five roll. All right. I think that's pretty much everything I can do to lower that. Now, that's at 11. You open your mouth to cry out to Bruno, but it's too fast. The T-Rex is just too quick. And by the time Bruno realizes something is very wrong, Bruno, your instinct, it's one of those moments where just the movement and the noise is enough to make you try to bolt without looking to see what it is. But as the instinct kicks in, two things take place. The first thing that takes place is the jaws of a T-Rex close around Bruno. It happens quickly. The T-Rex is large enough that its entire mouth gets around Bruno in one bite, just covers Bruno's entire upper body. The next thing that happens is a shout from the back of the T-Rex and the T-Rex freezes before biting down, holding Bruno in place. You see, wow just lingering there a well-trained t-rex you can hear this thunderous low bass just which you know is the low growl of a t-rex holding off its instinct to crush bruno and its jaws bruno you were completely surrounded and you were literally in the mouth of a t-rex right now that has you clamped down it hasn't bitten down but you are completely clamped on to um, panic is absolutely causing Bruno just instantly without much of a chance to react. Bruno, Bruno is just screeching in panic right now. As every animal instinct in your body tells you, you are being eaten by a predator. T-Rex though holds its position. When Can Bruno I lock eyes to Bruno? Um, that would be an animal handling check. If you're trying to tell Bruno something. Um, I was going to try to use Enthrall on Bruno to stop moving. I'll let that, because that's an ability, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just going to keep time? talking. Uh, one intellect point. Okay. So, spend a, uh, do you have, you have an edge in intellect? Yes. Then you get to do it for free. So you don't have to spend it. So you Woo! basically, what do you say to Bruno? Calm down, BB. It's okay. You're gonna be fine. It's okay. you did. You got. You stop moving. Do not move. Please, just keep calm. Happy thoughts of the bathtub. Happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. It's fine. Like I just keep going on with this, like trying to get Bruno to stop, even remotely moving, so that the perfect feathers don't get ruffled. Um. The man on the back of this T-Rex is wearing a thick leather vest. Has no sleeves. It's just this open vest, very much like a sort of biker style. Um, exposed chest is scarred up, patches of hair, but you also see lots of tats and scars all over his body. He has no hair. It's completely bald with a big, thick beard. He looks like <laughs> dinosaur Viking man. Um, wears thick leather looking leggings that look like they were probably ripped straight from the body of a croc of some kind and fashioned into leggings. He has butterfly tattoos and scars all up and down his arms. Um, 
there is a collection of what look like javelins and spears that are just kind of draped over the side of this T-Rex. He's in this harness that he's in, it stands up. So he is standing inside on this T-Rex. As the T-Rex is leaned over, he is stand up at a complete standing position. His legs just slightly parted as he is kind of on this creature's back, holding these reins. You don't get a good look at his facial features, but you detect from the stretch of the beard across his face that he's grinning at you. And he says, who the fuck are you? Coming so far out into the Red Jaw Wilds, let me guess. You're another one of these fucking Silver Creek. One of the citizens of Silver Creek coming out here. Trying to get in on territory claimed by the butterflies. That's what it looks like to me. Is that what's happening here, little one? You have a very interesting perception, sir. Oh, you're from Kaleno City. I can smell it all over you. You talk like one of the tight asses from Kaleno City. So let me guess, you sati, you out here to reclaim your bunker? Is that what that is? No, I'm here on my own mission and my own volition. Yes, I have a tight ass, but not what you would expect. The silence stretches on as that one sinks in for a moment. Friends are on the way. They're not going to get here in time before I kill this little bird right here and you with him. But maybe we could come to some kind of arrangement. You could tell me what the fuck you're doing here. I'm trying to understand events that have happened here. Please just let my, let my dino go. I can explain things to you. Well, I don't know if I can... I can do that. See, Trisha here, and he pats the T-Rex. Trisha here hadn't had a good meal in a while, and it just would upset her if I let him go now. I'm sorry, Bruno, but Bruno's just a bunch of, like, that. that's not enough meat for Trisha to be satisfied, to be honest with you. So it would probably behoove you to maybe let Bruno go, because Trisha's going to want to go find something else to go eat anyways. Um, side note, GM. Uh huh. I have a uh, slick. Okay. I have um all brain and no brawn. No, that doesn't help me. Um, sorry, sleight of hand. No, that's no. I have slick. I have slick. Okay. I'm really good at being persuasive. Yeah, you've already disarmed him by throwing a sexual innuendo at him. He does. He was expecting like tough talk, <laughs> but he looks like he's kind of been put on his back heel. If you want to go ahead and make a roll against his difficulty, um. You, you, what is okay? So, what is that going to give you also on that role? Uh, that you said slick will do what for I'm you? Slick, I I'm trained in all tasks dealing with persuasion, bluffing, misdirection, and deception, all nice. of which I've tried to do. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> definitely going to come in here. Okay, so that's going to be against his difficulty. That's automatically going to reduce it before you do anything else. It's going to reduce it down. So, right now, it drops in difficulty. He is now difficulty four. Um, since this was in reference to Bruno. If it counts as coordinating with Companion, you get an asset on all tasks involving storytelling, lies, trickery, diversion, or misdirection. Yes, I would hate I would hate for you to be playing an Osteon, specifically making a socialite character, and then not be able to use the abilities. Plus, it is in reference to Bruno. So, and I'm pretty. Go ahead. Was, I'll let you incorporate that in, and we can just we can say story wise, 
this butterfly might have noticed the beauty of the feathers on Bruno. <laughs> so that would reduce it by another one. So that'll bring it down to nine. You would difficulty three. You'll need a nine or better before you spend anything else. Bruno inside a T-Rex's mouth looking so beautiful and so pathetic <laughs> and like not even worth a snack at all. Had you seen him? <laughs> Twelve. <laughs> <Just> like... Twelve. <laughs> um, there's hesitation. You can see the T-Rex the known as Trisha apparently seems to be somewhat agitated as it has not been allowed to finish what it started. Um, you see the tail is just up in the air and it's kind of swaying back and forth, much like a cat who is just eager to finish the job. The feet clawing a little bit at the earth, scraping it almost like a bull who's getting ready to charge, just kind of like pulling about at the soil. You can hear the rocks grinding underneath the tonnage of this creature. But the command doesn't come. And instead, the rider just nods and says, All right, I will tell you what. I'll hold off and uh, we'll bargain here. Keep this easy. I don't feel like climbing up a rope tonight. I don't feel like going through that much effort to kill someone. So I'll tell you what. You answer my questions. You answer honestly. You and your little dino here can go free. Are you sure you want to climb up that rope? I mean, I'm the second prettiest thing standing here. I could just leave you stranded here and tear the rope down. I mean, I... You could do that, too. That's not the most gentlemanly thing to do, though, for a lady. I get the impression you're stalling. Stalling? What would I have to stall for? You're gonna answer I'll tell me. you everything I know. All right, then, first up, why are you here? I told you I am here on my own volition. I saw something. What'd but you, you wouldn't believe that. Right, I've seen lots of things. Um, I've seen two people fighting over a mechanical thingamajig or who's the one what's it called. Um, I've seen my future self, hands wrinkled and everything. Um, I've seen uh, an earthquake happen. I've seen prismatic colors. I've seen the literal fabric of time come to me like I was a magnet. He shifts a little bit and he regards you. And just as Trisha begins to shift a little bit, irritated, um, he eyes you for a moment and says, Ostion? Yes. Make me another social roll, but I'm going to ease the difficulty by two on this one. So that's going to drop down to, it's going to default at nine. Eleven. Okay. <laughs> Dahlia, you see him eye you for a moment. And then he says something, repeats a word twice quietly. Nothing happens, and then he gets angry, makes a loud noise, and cracks down on the back of the T-Rex. And you see, suddenly, Trisha, the T-Rex, just <sighs> lets go of Bruno and sits upright. Uh, Bruno, if you would uh, like to fight mm -hmm. your instinct to run in terror. No, I would not. I would like to run in terror. Okay, Bruno bolts. 
Uh, apparently, uh, and I and I looked this up to double check. Brunos go up to fifty miles an hour. Yeah, T Rex cannot match that. You're gone. Goodbye. <laughs> Exit stage, Bruno. Um, <laughs> Tune like skittering noises. <laughs> there's gravel, and there is a chittering noise and a screech, and Bruno is just there. May be a feather floating through the air, and that's the only indication that Bruno was ever there. But it's Bruno the prettiest is... feather that's ever been. Gone. Can I catch the feather? No, it's about 80 feet down, sadly. So you're not going to oh, go. Oh, damn. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, he, you see, you can hear the low grumbles of this T-Rex as it kind of fights against him for a moment. And he says a couple more words to it and it starts to calm down again. Seemingly very agitated that it was just letting go of a meal. And he manages to calm it and says, Trish is going to ask me to pay her back for that. Well, then I guess we're going to have to hunt together because you just got rid of my ride. Well, you want to come on down here. You come up here. <laughs> I feel like you're stalling again. Not stalling. You got friends behind you. I saw them on my way over here. You hoping they're going to get here before I have to do something about you? No. I'm not afraid of you. I should think not. You're 80 feet above my head. What do you got to fear, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I could just kill your friends then. Then we can talk again. You can try that, but I don't think you're going to succeed. And I don't think that's what you really want to do. You want information. You're not giving it to me. I gave you everything that I know. Do you know what this place is? You gave me riddles. I know exactly what this place is. And I want to know how the fuck you found it. I told you I saw it in a vision. At this point, I would like to remind the party that during the break, you guys discussed options and you haven't taken it yet, but I want to remind you that at any point you can pop in if you want to take an option. Pop in. <laughs> want to do the thing so desperately vamping until we do the thing we said we were going to do. Yeah. I mean, she's the most qualified person in the party to do so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just to clarify, in the narrative, y'all are not going to arrive before an encounter takes place here unless mm -hmm. you guys intrude. Otherwise, this is going to play out. Because Bruno very much outran all of you. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Intruding yeah. includes what now? Because I think Zach is the last one that's going to be there because I'm on foot. So, a so, no, so we were. Go ahead. I say we were talking about uh, potentially we can spend an XP for a player intrusion, um, and we were thinking we could maybe send our winged friends forward to be part of it. One creature that can outpace Bruno is a flyer. Yeah, and we have two. We yeah, two. So we were saying we could spend to send them up. I have an XP I'm willing to spend on this. I don't know if I'm willing to put Kimmy in danger like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could literally also just be intimidate an intimidation. Thing. Yeah. It is It is 100% the trinket dilemma. Mm -hmm. Kimmy's All right. And sweets All can right. be Kimmy's surveillance. Gonna... Sweets isn't going to do much. Jimmy will circle. Okay. There is and, a... Uh, does, yeah. Okay, so is, is Kim, so first question. Is Kimmy... Kimmy is circling. So first of all, whoever's spending the XP, go ahead and spend it. Done. If, if Kimmy is circling, is there... Is there... Is the plan to sneak attack or is the plan to ward off? What is, what is Kimmy's <laughs> approach? And who... Kimmy, what are you doing? And what have you been, what have you been ordered to do? Yeah. 
Are the two so I just know that up until then, Kimmy has been airborne, basically like eyes in the sky kind of the whole time. So depending on what Zach asks of her. Uh, their go-to is generally Kimmy locates in circles to let Zach know where to go. Mm -hmm. So this is more of a, like a, this is where the action is kind of thing. It's like okay, their cool. tag team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if that's been okay. given the instruction to uh, Faster Pussycat Kill 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 kind of deal, is that what's going on here, or is it? Uh, it's it's find the prey and wait for the command to go. So that's why there's the circling because okay, she's so, waiting for it. Okay. Oh. So so then here's what's going to happen. The scene is going to continue to advance unless there's an interruption, and he doesn't know that Kimmy is up there. So this is going to keep moving forward. Because he cannot see Kimmy flying overhead. His focus okay. is completely on uh, Dolly right now. Um, question. Does the player intrusion get us both uh, pterodactyls up there? Or pterosaurs? Yeah, I would allow that. Yeah. Okay. It's basically okay. like a narrative alteration is what's happening here. In in the old Buffy game that I used to play, uh, you would spend story points to have your watcher suddenly kick in the door and to come to the rescue. It's the same sort of philosophy where you can spend gotcha. story points and get... Um, but you player intrusions just like re-rolls once per session. Okay. I just wanted to say before yeah, can I, I want to see through sweets. Okay. Okay. Um, you don't have to make a roll. You can see what sweets is seeing because there is no tree cover where they are right now. This is a big out opening where mm -hmm. there's lots of open space. Okay. So you see the scene unfolding. You see there is a T-Rex, a rider on the T-Rex. Um you recognize Clover who this oh, is. My God. These damn this butterflies. Is a, this is a butterfly named Krishad. He is 100% like. What's the, the best way to describe him? Um, I would say the best way to describe Krishad is he is something akin to a predation version of Negan. I totally got that. Yeah, totally got yeah, that. Too, you did. You did. You did. Like a power tripping, violent, like authority figure. Well, like does not is not intimidated by anything. Is not impressed by anything, and kind of has this sort of devil may care attitude towards violence. Mm -hmm. And uh, curiously enough, though, what you are also seeing through Kimmy is that he is not enacted any kind of an attack. He seems to be having a conversation with a figure you see on the lip of this observatory. And you have to assume that's got to be Dahlia. Curiously enough, you don't see Bruno anywhere. You don't see Bruno's body parts or anything anywhere. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look like this T-Rex is caught up to Bruno. Has um, Clover given Sweets uh, a command or just leave his Sweets to his own devices? Right now, just, yeah, just looking through Sweets. Um, I will throw out there that uh, I don't know how big this T-Rex is, but pterosaurs, big pterosaurs are yeah. a pain in the ass to like Rex style. So like it wouldn't be unreasonable for you to think that Kimmy just landing and being like an impose would be at least enough to like, if I'm wrong, GM, let me know. But I know that like full grown pterosaurs like will make <laughs> a T-Rex back off. Here's Here's the thing is uh it's animal instinct it's like what it's what's tricky here is the t-rex is trained yes exactly so that's that's the difference here but in that's the difference general. but but to expand on what you were saying yes a full-grown pterosaur 
can challenge a T-Rex. That is 100% true. They're usually about the same, full grown, they're about the same height. Mm-hmm. And pterosaurs typically don't play fair, whereas T-Rexes are kind of, you know, earthbound, as it were. But um, when it comes to something like this, it's always going to come down to a role or a difference between difficulty yes. levels. In this case, you're dealing with a trained T-Rex that responds to the commands of a high-ranking butterfly. Um, yeah, I was more throwing out for Noir to be like, if you wanted to just throw something new oh, at the yeah. equation, like it yeah. isn't, it no, would not Kini be is not defenseless. Uh, yeah, yeah no, that, that's, that's what I wanted to say. That's yeah, what I'll, I wanted I'll, to I'll, say. I'll, 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 I'm more in the sweet mindset than thinking about. I know. Kimmy is a legit threat. That is a big flyer. That can make uh, life very difficult for people. So yes, yeah. So, yeah. so <laughs> not to th- not to like throw you know any whatever, but like just for you to have context for like yeah. in the world gotcha. that thing that you that Zach specifically would be very aware of. Uh, I was gonna say this is uh, only if it's okay with uh, you, Clover. Uh, with sweets being as curious as he is, I was gonna say they would most likely just be buzzing the area trying to see everything that's happening, but also like doing it in such a way where they're not sticking around so you just kind of like have you ever seen like birds just kind of drop swoop and go <laughs> back like, up yeah yeah totally uh so that that's what i imagine that sweets is doing in the area just like oh what's that and specifically are you diving on this guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 okay because Go ahead and map this out for you. He was mm-hmm. in the Red Jaw Wilds, and he saw y'all running parallel to him. There was mm-hmm. no, there was no way he was going to see flyers also flying after you guys. So he does not know you have flyers. He's yeah. about to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, in the smug conversation that he is having with you right now, Dahlia, if Sweets or Kimmy both want to do something, yeah, I would say, what's Kimmy's? What's the command for Kimmy? Uh. Kimmy is just all reconnaissance, but that doesn't mean she's gonna listen. <laughs> will, well, so, like that's what I'm saying. Like you need to, if you give, like if you just said watch, that's what Kimmy's. Yeah, gonna it's it's just watch. So Kimmy's gonna she's swoop just gonna watch. In which case, he's yeah. gonna be, he's gonna have, he's not gonna know Kimmy's there. But if Sweets is swooping, he's much smaller and is and brightly colored. Like Sweets will, yeah, yeah you're gonna see Sweets. Like, in my, my in my head, Kimmy is disciplined. Sweets mm-hmm. is like the sassy little annoying yeah. teenager that's like, I'm gonna touch all the things. Kimmy's She'll skittish come- and like doesn't want to let, like, if she's not told to do a thing, unless it's like actively causing her distress, she's like, she's just doing the thing. She doesn't know what's happening down there. She's just doing the thing she was told. That's why I was like, I need to know the exact command because yeah. mm-hmm. if it's just circle, it, that's all she's gonna do. Yeah, just watch. That's the command mm-hmm. for her. Okay. Yeah, so that's what she's doing. Then. She's so close. She's right above it, but circle. Okay, so in which case, Sweets is gonna dive on this guy, right? Mm hmm. Okay, in which case that is going to be what that's going to be an attack, basically. <laughs> so uh, do it, do it, sweets. <laughs> um, in which case, I'm going to say uh, you're going to have to make an attack roll on him. Okay. But here's the thing about that: he has no idea you are there, which is automatically going to drop the difficulty by two. So he has no idea you're swooping on him. So that's going to drop the difficulty down to a three. So you need a nine oh, or better. Also, uh, trained in flying, gliding, and diving. And diving. And diving? Okay. Mm-hmm. So then are you attacking him or is this to startle him, intimidate him? What are you doing specifically here? Um, 
honestly, it's just because Sweets is nosy, but I'm going to say to startle because it's like a fun game. Like, ooh. If you're trying to pull a mockingbird on this guy, that totally Mm -hmm. works. If you're trying to basically scream and get in his face and tell him to piss off like like mockingbirds tend to do to everything, no matter what it is, um, you (laughs) you can pull that here. Yeah, it's the it's the pet that's extremely friendly, but it's like a terrifying thing. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, her wingspan is the size of a human being. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, 15? 15 will hit. So that's not going to actually do damage, but you are going to successfully scare the bejesus out of him as Kimmy swoops down out of oh! the <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, he gets a brief moment of a whoosh of wind, and by the time he like jerks and looks up, he sees this screeching pterosaur basically swoop by just inches from his head as it takes back to the sky. Um, that is going to startle Trisha, who immediately lurches up and then lowers its head down and lets out a low bear, like this bass just... As this T-Rex opens its mouth threateningly, its tongue kind of lolling inside of its mouth. The thing looks up towards the sky and he catches sight of not only Kimmy, but he's now going to catch sight of Kimmy and Sweets now both are in his line of sight as he notices two pterosaurs basically circling overhead. And I mean, honestly, if if uh, this T-Rex roars in the vicinity that Kimmy's been told to watch, she's going to like, ah! like, like there's like, a <laughs> like in response, not quite. Mm-hmm. It's a fear response, but like it, right. <laughs> big roar. Yeah. Like there's like a like a, a quick screech. So he honestly they would have seen her. Right. Yeah, cl- getting closer to how science now believes that T-Rex is sounded. It's not the Jurassic Park sound effect of a large Godzilla-like roar. It's actually more of like a gator kind of exhaling this low lump rumbling growl. Um, since science now, believe it or not, interestingly enough, science now believes that um that there is that t-rexes did not vocalize um that they actually didn't need to be they didn't need to open their mouths to vocalize they could do it with their mouths closed mm-hmm. so um at this point you see uh this creature just kind of like is looking nervously up at the sky again and again and again and does not look very pleased right now the t-rex seems very agitated even more so not angry that it lost a meal but now very untrusting of the air uh, one of the great things about chasing away creatures this large is they're not necessarily designed to keep looking up at the things that can swoop down on them. So Trisha looks like she doesn't like this. And you see her feet kind of shift underneath them. And he steadies her as he's looking up as well. And he glances back at you. He doesn't have any words, Dahlia, as he's just kind of like standing there. Told you I wasn't afraid of you. Whatever you're doing, I hope you do it fast. Why is that? Well, because I'm going to go get my friends and we're going to come back here and turn the rest of you all into a lovely piece of art. Now, why would you do that and just interrupt the party? Like you and I were, we were vibing for a second there. He just flashes you a grin and starts pulling Trisha away and he says, I'll see you soon. We'll vibe then. Just don't kill me or my friends and we can have a wonderful party. You're not sure what his reply is. He says something, but it's lost underneath the heavy thudding sounds of a T-Rex pulling away from the base of this cropping of rock. (laughs) Kimmy, you see through the images below, you see the T-Rex, the guy on the back looking up at you. You don't know if he knows that it's you or not, but Krishad and Trisha both disappear underneath the canopy of heavy trees of the Red Jaw Wilds. 
you see him vanish underneath it as you guys are coming up on approach. Um, I would say if Kimmy is was tasked with watching this area, something significant is changing, and so she would sound like okay. two. That would be like there would be an alert that something changed. Okay, like a two car or something to to Zach to hear. Okay. Upon hearing that, I'm just double timing. <laughs> okay, y'all just double time it. Um, in which case, we are going to cut back to for y'all our arrival. We're going to cut back to Far East on the other side of Silver Creek. Why are all of the versions of me in danger tonight? You did this. I'm, I just follow where you go. <laughs> yeah, it's just the you who follows me is lots of deadly people. There is that. There is that. Yes. You could be fewer deadly people. I'm just saying. Just large raft that y'all are on you're pushing yourselves across the shallow areas of this riverbed yeah it's not a very wide riverbed and the water is not too deep where you guys are at so so much so that you can actually see clearly to the bottom large fish that are swimming through here with huge jaws that are underslung and kind of exuding these large spiked like fangs underneath they swimming through the fresh water out here you don't have to worry about getting predated upon by ambush predators you can see clearly straight to the bottom of the of the river here it's safer in this direction though you have to imagine that now ozzy especially after the rains like you were warned that when the sun comes up this place is going to be blanketed with a cloud of mosquitoes that will likely block out the sunlight um then we shall fight in the shade you guys are pushing yourselves across the guy who's yet to really introduce himself is just kind of sitting on this raft and looking around, um, keeping to himself kind of quietly. Tara's watching this. She's like slowly pushing you guys through the water. And she squats down and she goes, this kind of changes everything. I don't know. I don't know where we're going. The butterflies that we thought were tracking us, I guess that was them. One of them's dead and the other one's what? Our friend now? I don't know what to do. I thought we were uh, outrunning these guys. Well, we're about to be outrunning them apparently since that raptor's going to go back to the butterflies. In the meantime, I need to find out how and what he knows. She nods. Um... I'm going to uh, let Vern enjoy the cool night air. Okay. Uh, just a little, little perch on my shoulder, you know, bowsprit onto the onto the raft, and and conveniently, since you know, since I'm opening the bag, since I'm opening the bag, right? Vern, like it's open anyway for Vern. The moment the bag opens, you see the most delicious green glistening dragonfly that buzzes just past the raft and is kind of buzzing around curiously inspecting everybody that's on the raft nobody else seems to see it but you it has no idea you're there uh i'm gonna like scuttle over to the other shoulder to get closer to it okay how close am i to it if you make a 
if you make just like the most outrageous Assassin's Creed style, throwing yourself off the great tower of the shoulder that is Ozzy, you might be able to nab it. <laughs> okay, let me see if I have anything that will help with this. Uh, sneaking, hiding, finding, and tracking. Okay. Initiative, speed defense, perception. Yeah, that's all I got. Everything okay. else is social, I think. You need a six or better on a D20. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Um, I believe in you, Fern. Six or better. Okay. Yep. Make You're the roll. most ferocious hunter in the whole party. Ferocious. You didn't even put together the fun buns and the Fern. I'm in love. <laughs> no, me too. <laughs> That's an 11. An 11? Mm -hmm. um, it startles you, Ozzy, but yeah, Vern just throws themselves off of your shoulder with no sense of self-preservation. <laughs> And does not stick the landing, but wow, gets gets a dragonfly as this little mammal creature just kind of goes ass overhead and just tumbles onto the ground and begins to enjoy the you the it's large enough where you can hear the nice crunching sounds of this dragon <laughs> as Vern enjoys a fantastic catch. Burn in the air with the wings like out the mouth, like yep. like bully. Yep. <laughs> Meanwhile, freeze on the dragonfly. You're probably wondering how I got it. <laughs> I like to know what predation really is. <laughs> <laughs> As Ozzy's behind, going like slow mo, trying to catch <laughs> oh, the, yeah. the water. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, uh, dragonfly. It's what's for dinner. I just look over at uh, this fellow with a sort of like, eh, what are you going to do? He <laughs> is trying to mask his impatience. But he smiles and nods at you, but you can see it. You can see it, Ozzy. He looks like he's constantly looking over his shoulder. He looks like he's gauging how far until the other side of the river. Um, I'm going to brush back the flap of my bag I just let Vern out of. And I'm gonna activate the device. <clears throat> okay. Uh, the question I would like to ask about a current or recent event, experience, or person is how did he find out about this? Okay. Um, uh, vision and uh, the answer the vision it provides is not always 100% correct or clear, but usually contains at least one bit of pertinent information. Oh, wow. Okay, this is this is gonna be interesting. <clears throat> yeah, no, I don't think. Me neither, not when I can help it. You get back absolutely nothing. Like nothing. You get nothing. It's like, it, it's not just that you don't receive any information. It's a tangible feeling of absence. Like he's not there. Like somehow he doesn't exist for a moment. As you're trying to find out where he found out about this device, you feel like you step into an empty space where a man shape hole is is how it feels in your mind and in your chat. Nothing. It's 
You've never experienced anything like it. Uh, may I ask another uh, context question? Because everything flew by too fast uh, earlier for me to ask. But he pulled out a device. Did it look like it was of Sati origin? Ooh, roll me a perception check. I would <clears> love to. What's the difficulty? Um... I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff. Kaleno, you've seen plenty yeah. of them. I'll set the difficulty at five. Make it challenging. So you need a 15. Heck! Jesus, Mina! Um, all right. Well, I can spend an intellect point, and that's pretty much what I got. Okay. So you'll drop it down from 15 down to four, so you need a 12 or better. Yep. All right. No. Okay. You're not sure. Okay. You didn't get a good look at it. He was doing a good job of putting his hand over it so nobody else could see it. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, that tells you. I mean, he was hiding it. There's no question you about that. You should watch the device. You should watch the person. He was definitely hiding it. There's no question about that. So where are you from anyway? Uh, originally, I'm from Kalino myself. And then? Uh, then I move up and down the chalk road with my parents. Been traveling around a lot then? Smirks a little bit and says, yes. Staying on the move. Hi. Safer that way. Don't want to live in Kaleno. The other places, not a big fan. I mean, it's a nice place to lay your head. I've only been traveling for a few weeks, and I already don't think it's safer than Kaleno. Hmm. Well, I've never been as far as Silver Creek. But then when I got tangled up in the butterflies, I found myself traveling all over. Tangled? You made it sound more like infiltrated. I would say infiltrated, but the person who controls the butterflies, he's he is a very disturbed individual. Oh, Angled me yeah. and I had to do certain things in order to make sure that uh, he didn't suspect I had alternate motivations. Well, I don't think some leader who wants to burn down a town full of families would sort of have all their morals in order. So I can't say it's surprising information. He starts talking. And as he starts replying to you, on a delay, your power activates. Like it connected suddenly. Like it was lagged. Like something was causing it to hang back like you weren't there yet some kind of delayed temporal spatial kind of connection of reaching into his past and it hits you like a just brick your head kind of you stiffen back your breath is it it overwhelms you for a second you catch the vision of somebody standing in a large wooden room and he is in front of a archaic looking computer that has a monitor of some kind, a glass monitor 
cup next to him, coffee in it, you think. Some kind of black liquid. Um, he's wearing an unusual set of clothing you've never seen before, like a strip of cloth around his neck and a vest made of cloth that wraps around the front. He's got a jacket on that looks something like you've seen in some of the books or images that people used to wear at Earth back in the old. The place that's behind him is filled with things on shelves and the way they are layered and structured based off of the way they look, they must be books, but you've never seen so many. They're stacked one and the other behind him. You see what looks like a wooden doorway, very archaic looking with brass handles. Actually, the whole room looks like it's made out of wood, lacquered wood. And you see he's clacking away on what looks like some kind of primitive looking plastic keyboard, something just, just not quite as advanced what you see in Kalano City. You see a couple of images popping up on the screen, but you can't read the words. But it's weird. It's like these two-dimensional images popping up on the screen as he's pulling left and right. And you see the device pop up. And it has a file number underneath it. And it lists a destination. It says Gravac underneath it. Underneath Gravac, it says inaccessible. You see a grin on his face as he just says, not anymore, as he continues typing. Um, and then you are back on the raft listening to him saying, that's when I realized it wasn't for me. The Firek Pass, they make it sound like it's a good alternative to Kaleno City, but it's not. I don't like watching dinosaurs hurt each other for fun. And the fighting pits are just brutal. Yeah, that that never sat right with me. I mean, look at all like look at all these kiddos and just look down at, at little Monch Crunch over there. Mm -hmm. Listen, I understand you need to know more about me, and I'm willing to answer whatever I can. But by the time we get to the other side of the bank, I need you to make a decision. And that's not an ultimatum or a threat. But I cannot stick around if you're not going to give me the device, and I have no intention of fighting you for it. The butterflies will eventually find the two of you. There's nothing you can do about that. It's only a matter of time at this point. And when they do, they are going to kill both of you. Or they'll burn Silver Creek to the ground to get what it is you have in that bag. You give it to me, your troubles come to an end, and I get to get my reward. End of story. From whom? From whom? Oh, my reward? Yeah. That's not important. None of your enemies, however. I can tell you that much. See, that's what's so weird to me. Because then who does that leave? He shrugs and says, I wouldn't worry about it. Not your friends, not your enemies. People who don't need to know any more than you know. It's stolen. I'm trying to steal it again. 
And go back to when exactly? What do you mean? You're not from Polino. Or the Chakrad. Why do you say that? Look, just because I'm from around here doesn't mean I'm ignorant. Doesn't mean you can pull a fast one on me. I'm the one who pulls fast. You're not going to hustle a hustler. <laughs> All right, I'm not from Kalino and I'm not from around here. That's true. It's complicated. I'm not a butterfly. I am not Sati and I am not an enemy. I'm just a man looking to get his treasure and leave. How are you leaving here? Going back the way I came. How are you leaving now? That's really not important. It's so important. Why? Why is that important? It's because important you can do it at all. Oh, it's because you want to know. You want to know all of these things. And I understand. It's a deep mystery. I get it. I understand. But your life is in danger and you don't have time. Give me the device. Let me go. Butterflies no, leave I you alone. I have time and that's what bothers you. That I have time. What bothers me is the butterflies are going to come and take that. And when they do, they're probably going to destroy it after they kill you and everyone you know. It's not worth it. Give it to me. Problems are solved. It's all over. They'll chase if after me. You understand me. where this device came from. You understand I'm more than willing to cause myself near infinite problems. You talked about bargaining. I think a good start would be who you really are when you're really from. And how you got here. If you want to make a persuasion check, this is going to be very hard. This is yeah. going to be like those moments in BG3 where all of a sudden you say, sure, I'll roll for it. And it says 20 difficulty on the thing. And you're like, well, shit, yeah. can I get out of this? No, I cannot. Um, all right. So the difficulty to convince him to open mm -hmm. up about this mm -hmm. is going to start at six. Okay. So right now, you need an 18 or better to convince right. him. Um, take a point. Take a point. Take a point. I'd like to get the point. Okay. The ox point. <laughs> this clutch ox point is going to be coming from Breeks. Thank you, Breeks. Thank you, Breeks, for the ox point. Thank you, Ox Crew, for always supporting us. Um, so that's going to drop 18 down to, uh, that's going to drop it down to a challenging roll of five, so you need 15 or higher. All right. Um, down to four with, uh, with a spend. So that brings me down to 14 intellect. Okay. Um, uh, would we consider this a positive social interaction? No. Fair enough. Um, no, I mean, fair enough. You're trying to squeeze out of him. All right. Sure. So then um, you need to uh, you need to roll a twelve or better. Is that right? Uh, no, nine or better because I still have persuasion. Oh, okay. Wow. So nine or better. Go ahead and make your roll. Yep. Is burn a social asset? 
only on positive social interaction. Oh, that right. was, that was yeah. it. That's yeah. also my second was, yeah. stack of, of social skill is positive interactions because that way it covers both a soft persuasion and a nice smiley bluff. Um, but this is more direct than Aussie usually is. So I just have to roll for it. I've got them scared is to look at my die. <laughs> one more question about Vern is, so Ozzy's just rolling against um, this guy's difficulty. The, this guy isn't also running, rolling. This particular difficulty, yeah. Yeah. Well, because okay. that's the way it works sometimes. Yeah. It'll say things like he's a difficulty five so-and-so, unless he's doing this, in which case his defense is 12 or something ridiculous like that. Because well, I'm the actor here, I don't think the dazzle. Well, right. Okay. That's what I was going to Yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Because that right. modifies uh, all of his tasks. All right. Right. Yeah. Okay. okay. Now I have to look at the die that I've already rolled and I've like had my leg in front of me so I didn't have to look down all mm -hmm. the time. <gasps> An actual literal nine. Okay. Oh, it was a single digit and my heart dropped and it was the only single digit that wouldn't send me into complete dispel. Oh my, I just, give me a moment. Just get, I just need to feel feelings. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> okay. Very clutch he, ox point. Thank you. Yeah. He stares at you pretty discerningly for a moment, and you see a little bit of the mask fall away as he looks at you seriously. He says, before I answer that, how did you know I wasn't from Kaleno? I'm from Kaleno. Oh, oh, and we all just know each other? Is that it? No. No, 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 no. How did you not know I was from Kaleno? How did you know that I wasn't? You're not from Kaleno. I don't, I don't know. Oh. Maybe, maybe you just breathe funny. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize this is where I am not allowed to be dodgy, but you are. You should have cleared that up for me when we first started talking. We could have oh. saved so much time. That's what you meant. Yeah. You have time. I don't. I see. Okay. Hmm. Now I understand the landscape. You see him rub his face as he looks at you, kind of smearing a little bit of that makeup that he applied, and he goes, I'm not from around here, you know that. Let's just say I'm not from here, here. It would be far too difficult to explain. But suffice to say, I'm not from here. If you catch my meaning. Something tells me you do because you've been driving at this ever since you made the realization I'm not from where I say I'm from. So, satisfied? I think we both know I'm not. If I already said you're not from around here, confirming it, you know, it's validating, just emotionally. You hear the telltale signs of the water becoming shallow as Tara is pulling you guys closer up onto the beach. And you see her push with a stick as the raft goes 
he stands up and says, this is it. And steps off the raft, splashing into the water, ankle deep. And he steps up onto the beach, pebbles crushing underneath his boots as he turns and looks at the two of you and says, it's not like me to resort to a niceties. And so I won't. Besides, I've seen your friend throw that dagger around, and I don't want to be on the receiving end of it anyway. I'm asking you, please, just give me the device for your sake and mine, and this is over. Otherwise, we part ways here, and you run off into the night. To where? Grass trees? You know the butterflies are going to stalk the two of you down. You cannot outrun them. You think I'm the only butterfly with a raptor. Do you have a way back? To the butterflies? No, I can't go back. They have osteons of their own, and they will know that I did what I did. So, there is only one way through this now. I go home empty-handed, leave you all here to die, or I go home with that and save all of you. I wasn't asking if you have a way back to your butterflies. I was asking if you have a way back to your books. His face drops. What did you say? On the shelf. I've never seen that many in my life. He glances at Tara. Tara looks confused and looks at you. You're not from around here. How do you know that? How do you know? Wait. You saw? <gasps> I'm not that good at telling when someone's not from Kalina. I cheated. He Takes a couple of steps towards you. Looks, he's looking at you like you are fascinating to him. His eyes are kind of like he looks completely bewildered. As he takes a step, Tara pulls a dagger and steps between the two of you. And he, no, 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 no. I, <gasps> I've never met one of your kind before. What if I told you that you could come with me? I would infer that you did have a way back then. I do. It's going to be costly without that, but I do. And something tells me you could come with me. I have a friend. I don't know. And I do mean this. I don't know that she can follow. Where I'm going... Something tells me she wouldn't be able to follow. 
Is it not technological then? What else is the difference between us? Okay, no, it's not allowed to be the fashion sense. That would be really rude. I have good fashion. Well, I, Whatever she says. I tell you what then. You see him glance around, he says, I've really pushed this as far as I can go. If she wants to come, then she's welcome to. But I can't promise that it will be safe. I don't know if it'll be safe for any of us, but if that's what it will take, I'm willing to make that agreement. If you want to save Silver Creek and yourselves. What do you think? Everyone I've ever known is staring down the barrel of a giant space rock. And I will do anything to save them. You see a grin come across his face and says, what if I told you? I could promise you a way to make sure that rock never, ever touches this world. I'd say you earned yourself another walk and talk. Are we agreed? And he glances over at Tara, and Tara is like, Ozzy, I don't know what the fuck is going on. What do you want to do? I'm going to let you make the call here. I was just sent to protect you. You know more about what the fuck that thing is and what this is all about than any of us. What do you want to do? Whoever he is and whatever place he comes from is as much of a threat to us as any butterfly has ever been unless we can learn about it. All right. And also, you stab people real good, so I feel real safe as long as I'm with you. Fine. What's what is it? What's the first move? What do you want to do? First, we have to cross the river again. We're going the wrong way. Okay. My options were tried to restrain you, and I wasn't about to try that. My options were to try to talk you out of it or run for my life. So we're going the opposite direction of where we need to go. Tara asks the obvious question. Okay, where do we need to go? That T site zero 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 E. Well, I guess there aren't many secrets left in Silver Creek. Tara exhales and turns and looks at you and just goes, motherfucker. Don't tell Melina. Cut two. Sati site 000E. Everyone is pulling up on this bunker to see perched on top of the lip about 80 feet above the rock face. Zach, you look straight up and you can see looking straight down at you at the top of a rope is Dahlia. 
who is kind of looking out over the jungle to try to spot any sign of Bruno. But you all roll up on the Sati site. You see, it is indeed a great bunker. It looks like some kind of observatory that has long fallen into disrepair and water damage, you name it. Looks like it has just been completely exposed to the elements for ages. Everything you guys know about this place, this is the place Molino never wanted anyone to go. And it feels, especially to you, Zach, it feels a little weird to be here. <laughs> it's like, this is, this is like peeking at Christmas presents, kind of like, it feels weird. You probably shouldn't be doing this kind of like feeling as you all roll up on the site. And there she is, Dahlia, just sitting topside, looking down at everybody. You all come striding up. Atticus, you just come striding in. Everybody arrives on scene. Everybody sees Dahlia. Um, are you okay? Uh, physically, yes. Mentally, <laughs> not so much. Uh, elaborate. And maybe uh, come down. Or you come up. Should we come to you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And Joe will start to get <laughs> you slide off of Atticus. Same. Yeah. Heading up there. Zach, you come trotting up. I'll follow, but I think um, as soon as he gets within hearing distance of Dahlia, he just looks and goes... You can't keep doing this. Don't start that with me again. You know I have to follow my instincts. We're not supposed to be here. Yeah, here as in this location, here as in this time, space. I don't know. You have to define that a little bit better for me. You know exactly what I mean. Let's just get this over with. Whatever you want to do, just quickly do it, please, so we can return. Right, yeah. So we're on a time clock, probably a little bit shorter than you think. Um, whatever, I don't know if you guys saw, but there was a T-Rex and some person on the T-Rex. <laughs> um, Dahlia looks at Clover. He looks like somebody that you may or may not know. As in, he had all the war makeup on, completely bald, long beard, pretty good, pretty well. Anyways, um, very large T-Rex, very trained well. Name's Trisha T-Rex. Uh, I imagine we're like climbing up the rope at, kind of during this, yeah. listening. We'll just go ahead and say everyone's making their way up the rope. Really... Uh, because there's not literally a time crunch right now, you're not going to have to roll for the, the rope climb. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I'm listening to these questions. And when I get to the top of the bunker, I'm like, yeah, I know that guy. Uh, and we saw Sweets. Sweets showed, well, me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, what's his name? Krishad. Ah, great, great. I have a date with him later on, so if we can kind of hurry this yeah, up. Yeah, what? I'm sorry, what? A date. A date. 
as in he's going to come back here with a bunch of his friends and try to kill us. Oh, okay. Got it. That makes more sense. Um, oh. Yeah, we couldn't, I, I could see, but I couldn't hear the conversation. So um, I guess we're here at this place. So maybe we should check it out very quickly and then get out of here. Might I yeah, ask, so does be anyone I look, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Does anyone have a clear objective as to what we're looking for or what we're doing here? Um, well, number two, there was a time anomaly. You need a GM recap just to remind you? Yes, please. Um, yes. So the, the device, the device was able to plug into a mainframe. You guys had something that plugs into the mainframe and the whole purpose of coming here was to try to activate the device, plug it into the mainframe and get it to see if it's compatible with whatever SATI technology is and here at the site. The hologram device. Mm -hmm. The hologram device not, has not the time. Device. Okay, just for because oh, no, both of them. No, 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 no. It was both of them. Both yeah. Them are oh, not okay, cool. Time. Got it. Okay, cool. We say. call them both the device. I just wanted to be mm -hmm. sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. And currently we have the hologram and a fake, and Ozzy has the time device. So there's basically just three <laughs> three devices. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. Um, Joe kind of pulls herself up and uh, shockingly, despite the everything about Joe, she has no trouble climbing this. Um, she <laughs> pulls herself right up. She like literally that was her one not I think I've said this before. her one non lab activity that she did was there was a climbing, climbing wall. Oh, excellent. there was a climbing wall uh, like a, a, in one of the facilities. They had like a recreation thing. And it was the one thing that she got goaded into doing that she didn't absolutely hate as an outside of the lab activity. So she, despite the everything about her, she makes her way up and kind of has a thought in the back of her mind, like, oh, man, I missed the rock wall. <laughs> like, <laughs> And then makes her way over and goes, um, yeah, I, I think we just start looking. Um, that's a big telescope. Mm -hmm. Full of cobwebs. So thing number cool. three, in the time anomaly, I saw two figures fighting over, what did that, there's a device that they put in a bag. It was the, it looked like they had gutted a computer mainframe and had pulled it like the hard drive and shoved it into a bag. I relay that, like it's, it's a hard drive of some sort. Uh, does it, um, I can work does it look like the thing that I pulled out of the swamp jam? Okay. Nope, it does not. Uh, so for ways, right, while she's talking, I'm like Joe's snooping for ways to tech <laughs> to find tech. Um, does anybody have but, any kind of light source or anything that could shine light? Yes, I do. I do. Okay, uh, I have a solar chainsaw. <laughs> that would definitely shine light. Yes. Wait, inventory. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So excited. Uh, I'm so excited. Oh, yeah, Joe's the prepared one. Joe's the prepared yeah. one. I, from, from the dino bag, I'm assuming we, like, we, she would have grabbed her stuff before yeah. we left. Oh, yeah. Kit and stuff. And I have a light, simple lantern. Yes. <laughs> I don't let you see <laughs> in this pitch black darkness as well. One a of the things she stuffed in the bag. Also, I have an adventures pack, which includes 50 feet of rope, three days rashes, <laughs> spike hammers. But I was like, they call that here too? <laughs> and three torches. Yay, we're ready. Y'all, If y'all want to light this place up and see what you're getting into, you have the option. Light it up. Yeah. I've got, yes, yeah. Let's do it. I will, I will pass, I will pass Clover, Joe, a torch, and then Wait. I am going to, 
That was real? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? I, I, I have it on this list. Yeah. They just... <laughs> I've got just like, 50 Doing... feet of rope, three days ration, three spy cameras, warm clothes, boots, and three torches. Noir, if we ever play Forbidden Lands, you are going to be off to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> Zach's a survivalist. All right. Uh, but he's going to make good. the Joe, show. Joe has a lantern. Joe's good. Oh, well, he's, he's still going to make a show of not oh. giving Dahlia. <laughs> so Yen gets one. Over gets one. <laughs> going to get the stink eye from Dahlia. Um, <laughs> when you light up this place, you see the drop from where Dahlia is currently positioned and where you guys all climb up to. The drop looks like it's about 30 feet down. So it's definitely one you want to ease yourself down before you drop. It's a good thing nobody stepped over the side and tried to just jump down there. Um, but you see a cavernous uh, space where it, what's what kind of causes the pulse to race a little bit is you instantly spot ancient sati tech lining the walls, covered in dust, covered in grime and vines. Uh, instantly, you see traces of scat all over the place. Some of it's like pretty old from the looks of it, but you also see like dust and wind has blown in through here. Uh, nature's kind of claimed the interior of this spot. Um, you see lots of evidence of nesting that's taking place in here, but no signs of any animals or creature inside. And um, it it would take just a few minutes really just to use, because you've got 50 feet of rope. It's easy enough yeah. to like lower yourselves down. Mm-hmm. One by one, as you were all making your way down into this facility, um, you see it indeed, it looks like a giant interior of some kind of observatory. The walls are lined with, uh, consoles that have long since like some of the buttons have been plucked out. You see exposed circuitry. A lot of this stuff is old sati tech. Doesn't looks like it's hasn't been used obviously in over a hundred years. Uh, you do see signs. It looks like there is sort of a ramp going up on both sides of the room towards the back. The ramp kind of like a like a horseshoe shaped goes up and inclines and wraps around the back where the computers are all lining the walls. You see there is uh, a couple of areas where. It looks like some old metal chairs that were built into this place that may have been comfortable at one point. Uh, looks like they've kind of fallen apart. But you do see also, it looks like a doorway. A very futuristic sort of metal looking doorway that slides open, perhaps on its own, judging by the computer panel that's next to it. That is long since we've gone defunct. Some of these doorway, the doorway itself looks like like one of the metal panels of the doors kind of slightly ajar, kind of looking like it has been out of use for ages. You are inside the tomb of your ancestors, the people who first came to Gravac a hundred years ago during the first commute. This place was one of Satie's original first bunkers. And what immediately leaps to everyone's mind, even those of you who are not so scientifically inclined, is that the fact that this is an observation post of some kind leads you to believe that this actually might be designed in watching the sky or something specific. Like it served a purpose. The telescope is hard to see if it has a lens, but if it's old sati tech, you would know this much, Joe. It wouldn't use any kind of glass lens or anything like that. It would use some kind of super high-tech imaging technology. Meaning it's possible this thing still works if you can get power to it, but. Oh yeah. She's immediately like snooping for anything that she might be able to put power into something that might have any sort of use like that. She's just yeah. with no regard for anything else that anybody's doing. She's just snooping for tech make it, immediately. Make me any kind of tech check. And, and you can do that too, Clover. The two of you kind of looking around, you are in a hall of tech. 
Um, I'm going to have both Zach and then I'm going to have Dahlia roll here in a second. Um, can, does this, any, uh, are tech kits? How, just having those help? It's asset on tech tasks? Uh, yeah, that would help here. We can use it to like, yeah, okay, okay. So diagnostic, um, see how the power yeah. runs through this, yes. And, uh, yeah, so tech, and then, uh, sorry, brain What's fart. our difficulty? No, you're good. We uh, got lots of, we, all, we haven't had to do any tech in a second. <laughs> So you need a nine. What was it difficulty three? Difficulty starts at three. Starts at three. Oh, I, um, I will automatically succeed because I have, yeah. have specialized in computer systems. Three, two, nice. one, and then yep, tech. Yep, so, so the tech kit lowers mine to two. And then okay, I think I'll just roll on that. Although right. I'll Go ahead and roll your D20. Is oh is sweets here? Can sweets fly down? Because I sweets can gain entry to this place. Both of them can. Kimmy and sweets both. Okay, then nice. sweets can help me on perception. Okay. Ooh. Oh, this, this would not be a. This isn't a perception oh. check. This is a tech check. Never mind. Using technology, yeah. Okay. Sweets can still help. No, I'm just kidding. Sweets, <laughs> sweets can be comforting. Sweets has a degree, actually. Right. Um. <laughs> yes, fourteen. Sweets with the Devra. Fourteen. Okay. <laughs> I rolled. I rolled anyways, just in case of an effect, and I got an eighteen. Okay. I don't know if that's. I don't remember if that hits minor effect when it's not. Minor not effect bad. is nineteen. Mm. Nineteen. Okay. So yeah. No, so nothing. So, so I'm good. Uh, the two of you make a quick assessment and kind of confer with one another, just like quick whispers to each other as you're kind of taking an assessment of what's going on. Um, this place, it's conceivable that if you could find a right power source it's possible to think that you might actually be able to repair some of this tech. It would take quite, it would be quite the project. We're talking like a summer. Hmm. If you made this your project, you could conceivably try to spin up power to this place. And maybe if that telescope is intact, you guys might be able to get this place running again. But the, the damage as you guys quickly assess, it doesn't look too bad. At least out here. You're not sure what the rest of the facility looks like or where the power source is based from. That being done, I'm going to have Zach make a perception check. And Zach, this is absolutely a survival check to make sure there's no danger around. Oh, boy. All right. Let me see. Let's let's start negotiating. Um, <laughs> I got nothing. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Difficulty is three. Make your roll. Uh, how's the 18 do you? 18 will do it. Um, so Zach, you're just looking around. Anything in the dark here? There are very large, very unpleasant things to like to make their homes in places that are built into the earth like this. This has been exposed to a while. You want to make sure that anything you come across doesn't have more than five to six legs. You're just kind of like moving through here and taking stock of the walls and the webbing. But what's really causing you to sort of your instinct to fire is that those butterflies will be back. You guys are probably on a limited amount of time. So whatever they got to get done here, just make sure they don't dally. That's all. Not necessarily a rush, but get what they need done done so they can get back. Um, with that, before we jump back into the narrative, uh, Dahlia, I need you to make me a perception check. And your your ability, your unseen ability is going to come into play here. <clears throat> so go ahead and just roll a perception check. The difficulty is three. I got a 10. Okay. 
So, Alia, you can't quite put your finger on it, but this place feels like it is filled with this. The way you feel around time anomalies, this place feels different somehow. Time anomalies feel like you are near something that connects you to all moments in time. They kind of feel like no matter what happens, there is a thread of going forward and backward. And you're able to see different parts of that thread all at once. But here, for some reason, you feel sort of this disquieting feeling of being detached. Like you've stepped into an, a place that doesn't necessarily follow the rules. I can't quite explain the feeling. Your sensory abilities are telling you something is very off here. Something, something happened here. Something was happening here. You've heard of Sati sites. But this one seems to have had some kind of contact with, maybe it's temporal energy, you're not sure, but something specifically happened here. Hmm. Something feels off. In the regular way or in the Dahlia way? Is it Desdra's like peeling back panels? <laughs> in, the, in the Dahlia way, something happened. It's almost as if everybody Something in the really town told you happened. we shouldn't be here. Okay, yes, or we should be here and investigate what happened so that we can warn others. Clover, how many T-Rexes do your butterfly friends have access to? Uh, Clover's very distracted by all the tech. <laughs> <laughs> Clover's like, sorry, what? <laughs> She's literally like, mm, not Clover. paying attention to any of <laughs> yeah, Clover doesn't respond. Clover is just no. head inside of a computer. Um, also, Clover's looking for the interface that connects to the device. Uh, with those roles, I'll go ahead and tell you, do not find them here inside okay. of this console. All right. There's more. Yeah, there's more. How, how, sorry, give me like a, how big is this space? Like, do we, does it feel like there's more levels down or like? There's an there opening any... that leads into a facility. That uh, is a okay. doorway that I described earlier that has like the yes, okay, okay. kind of off to the side. And then Got there's it. a hallway that wraps around. You're in this great big, imagine in, inside of an observatory. Yeah. So this huge yeah. dome-like structure. So there's more, like we have oh, yes. the rest of the facility. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. I was and trying to just like to give myself, this we're in room one. Got it. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I think these two are just like, like if one of them is struggling to pull something open, the other one will mm -hmm. be like, oh, I've got it. Like they're swapping tools. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is like Disneyland. This yep. is so annoying to the people who don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Saying words that mean nothing to anybody. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, uh, I also, sorry, I know we're at the end of the, end of the session. I had a quick question. Uh, the dome, it sounds like the dome was broken open. And so this has been exposed to the elements. So even that said, we could still like repair and restore this over time. Yeah, probably. Sati Tech. Yes, that's awesome. It's, okay. It's, so keep in mind, like on technology levels of one through ten, zero being you just found out how to paint a line on the side of a cave, and ten being you just found out how to use the fuel, the nuclear fusion inside of a star to recreate your own artificial black hole to travel to another galaxy. 
the technology levels that your ancestors from is probably somewhere around nine. Wow. So the people that created time travel, the first commuters, the future they came from was capable of creating the time travel possible. So the tech that they brought back with them is some of the most outrageously fantastical science, advanced science technology that the imagination can conceive of. You would have heard stories of colonies that they had established on distant worlds outside of Earth, outside of their solar system. Your ancestors were conquering everything, scientifically speaking. Mm. So as you look around at this tech, um, it once again kind of drives home why the butterflies want it all destroyed. Mm. Because this tech has endured just fine. It just needs to be repaired. Um, with all those thoughts, I also just will I'll say this now for next session. I'm going to have an eye out for any type of security system. Okay. See if this place had any protection at all built into it. All right. So as you start sniffing around for that, um, you both of you, first of all, both of you get to realize that this control panel that you're sniffing through, none of this is going to be security. All of it has to do with this telescope. Okay. It's like everything here is controlling the ends, the, this device particularly. Um, while you're doing that, you're hearing Zach behind you asking for intel <laughs> on the possible incoming enemy that is going to corner you all and kill all of you. I'm sorry. If you want to ask it again, Clover will probably hear you the second time. <laughs> Does no one else realize that? How many T Rexes do the butterflies have access? If I might, if I might ask. Oh, oh, you're asking. You're talking to me. Yes, yes. Um, how many T Rexes? Aliza, uh, yeah. there is. A, they're they call themselves the pack. There are four of them. They call themselves the pack. There are four of them. They're the elite hunting unit. That they're kind of like the, the tank strike team of. They have they have stormed into. Um, places like Silver Creek and destroyed everything in their path and no one could, I mean, it's, it's four level seven T-Rexes being ridden by level five butterflies. Holy crap. So they just kind of tank their way into anything and just level it. Yeah, if they're coming back, uh, if he's coming back to bring his little T-Rex buddies, then yeah, this place will be destroyed. We can't let that happen. Joe pops her head up from inside of a, of a like some sort of mechanical piece and goes, hold on a second. If the butterflies knew about this location, why is it still here? Yeah. Or did they why just find out? Why is it protecting it? Huh? They're protecting it? Wait, what did you say, maybe? Dahlia? I said maybe they're protecting it. That's like antithetical to everything they stand for. Uh, if, if I, I mean, may. why else would somebody who is so against technology keep it around? Yeah. I mean... It doesn't make sense. I if I just need clarification. When you spoke to him, he said that he is coming back. And Clover, if he is coming yeah, back, yeah, we have a date. You've gotta stop calling it that. Oh, she 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 just she does that. Oh, oh I'm aware. I told her I'd go hunting with him. I'm. She probably also offered an actual date to by the way she keeps talking about how built he anyway sorry not the question why does you everyone are... think i'm lying all the time dahlia, dahlia <laughs> exasperated you turn to everybody and say this why does everyone think i'm lying all the time and it catches your 
catches in the corner of your eye as you're saying it. The rest of you see Dahlia stop in mid-sentence as her eyes widen and she starts staring. Not sure what she is seeing. Dahlia, what you are seeing standing in the doorway is you. Your arms are folded and you're looking at you. Awkward. The moment you make eye contact with her, she turns and looks away and walks down the corridor and vanishes from sight. Hey! I know you guys are going to hate me for this, but I'm going to walk and follow. Wait, did we see? What, did it happen slow enough for us to see? No. None of y'all saw what she saw. You just okay. see Dahlia react, hey! And then Dahlia strides quickly through the door, right out of the room yep. and into the hall. She also does that. Did and Joe's going to follow. <laughs> someone else here? and Yeah, follow as well. At this point, Zach is just, he takes out the chainsaw, takes out the shield, <laughs> puts his arrows down, and grabs the bow. And he's just like organizing his weapons. And the whole time, he's just going, four T Rexes, four of them. Um, <laughs> like, and that's where his mind is. Like, awesome, great. Love this oh, for me. Uh, Clover will run back actually and say, oh, wait, sorry. We were having a conversation, Zach. Um, booby traps. I'm I'm used to wait, they booby trap? No, what if we booby trap the outside of this place so that the T-Rexes can't get in? I mean the people might, but the T-Rexes they're not that smart. The amount of time that I would need to craft a booby trap that could even slow down one very young T-Rex okay. is time that we do not have. Wait, wait, you said I. I said we. Us together. You're not the only one doing this, you know. I appreciate that, Clover. I don't know what your mission here is. I don't know what Dahlia's mission here is. I know what my mission here is. And that's all of you making it back to Silver Creek. It is just me. Okay, that's a weird thing to say if after I just said I can help. Yes. And you do really cool tech things. I am aware. And you will be the one to protect them as you make your way back to Silver Creek. And I'll be the one here. Stopping the progress of four T-Rexes. Okay. Uh, at that, again, she's not good at social. Clover is <laughs> going to turn and start looking around for things to build some type of energy-based booby trap around this place. point out that this conversation, as it's unfolding and as you're starting to do that, two of your party members have run down the corridor and vanished. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so as you begin to look around, the two of you get swallowed up into this corridor with light kind of bouncing around as you rush after Dahlia. That is where we are going to bring an end to this chapter of Legacy of Silver Creek. It's deja vu again. <laughs> Dang, it's like we already vu. Wow. But now oh, we added some deja. <laughs> I'm in deja. <laughs> <laughs> um, good game, y'all. Oh, my goodness. Oh, gosh. So. Here.
We will be back next Monday. Um, also, stay tuned. Streampunks will have some information coming down the pipe uh, by next Monday, but also on our on our coffee account and, of course, on our Discord uh, and our Patreon. Thank you so much to all of our supporters, as always. Thank you, as always, for supporting the Streampunks and making our storytelling possible. Since the days of GNS, we have been telling stories together, and it's happening because you guys support us. So thank you so much uh, as we continue to tell our tales. Um, Catch us back here next week at 6 p.m. And we'll have an update as to what's going on with the Halloween game at Tuesday at the end of the month. And until then, my friends, I will see you again 66 million years from now. As we wrap up today's thrilling recording on Predation, remember that you can catch it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash every Monday night at 6 p.m. PST. Explore a diverse podcast library. From the $2 creature feature to pest control and beyond. Dive into our rich archive, featuring everything from the eerie mysteries of ghosts and werewolves to the epic adventures of Star Trek and superheroes. Your continued support fuels Althaven's journey, so please consider supporting us on Ko-Fi to help create more shows like this. Join our lively Discord community to stay updated on upcoming Haven events. Until next time, keep exploring, keep listening, and keep the Haven spirit alive. Thank you for being a cherished part of Althaven. Thank you.